0: Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Saturday. It's not a Sunday, it's a Saturday. September 8th. This is episode 70. I'm Tony. And I'm Dennis. And we have a guest. He runs
1: the hit Facebook group Nap Arcade. And we have a link to that in the show notes if anyone by chance does not follow it. but there you can get much of your pinball and game room news and watch his sagas of acquiring new games, playing new games and experiencing new games. Jason Knapp, welcome to the Eclectic Gamers podcast.
0: Welcome.
2: Hey, fe- hey, fellas. Great to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. I guess you were, uh, out of all the good guests, but I, I am honored to, uh, be able to, uh, visit with you fellas.
1: Well, we had gone without a guest for a few episodes, which is not In the scheme of this podcast, very unusual. It's just I loaded us up on an awful lot this year.
0: And we We did a lot of we've done a lot of guests so far this year. And
1: I was sitting there and I was thinking, I need new I need new voices. See, here's the problem in the world of podcasting, especially on the pinball side. The circle of guests is very small and a lot of groups are using the same ones, but you want to get new voices in, or at least if you're me, you do. And well, you've been active in the hobby for a long time. I hadn't actually heard you on any other shows. So I thought it is time. To- no,
2: not yet. Time to poach. But now you- it was either George Gomez or me, probably. Oh, right? God. Jo- jo- <laughs>
1: Georgie. Georgie's been on everything. Coast to coast. Yeah. Uh, he, what was it? Head to head had him.
2: Yeah, he's been yeah. on a couple in a row. Head to
1: head gets some. You just got I just got to move on because then everyone's already heard it already. Right. Because they're so popular. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but.
2: Well, I've been listening to you guys for a long time. I think I was one. I, I don't know how many episodes it was, but it was back when you were still doing tabletop pretty heavily. And well, no, I wouldn't say it was ever heavy. No, I, it was
0: there. It still <laughs> it existed. It yeah. hadn't. It hadn't been removed <laughs> yeah. from the listing as of yet.
1: Yeah, that, and yeah, good. that was my fault. I uh, unfortunately I am virtually no help to Tony in keeping that segment going, so and that, it, that's why I had to fall away because I just I could I was never contributing to it.
0: And, and when I was doing and, and most of the gaming that I did, uh, board gaming wise, happens the exact same time as almost all of the pinball. So I kind of made a choice between I had to choose between going to a board gaming group or a pinball group. So I started going to the pinball more often. Mm-hmm. So mm. choose your house. So, wise choice. Uh, yeah. Very wise yeah. choice. So there's. I still play occasionally, but it, it, it's pretty rare at this point. It's like a special occasion thing. And we didn't even do the special occasion this summer that I've normally done for the last several summers because I couldn't get the time off and I was doing something else that weekend anyway. Too busy too busy well
2: i know you guys had the the family game nights or the or just the game nights in general and then you had the uh some sort of uh conference up by you yeah some sort of yeah uh gaming conference yeah
0: that was the that that was the conference uh we skipped this year and then our game nights we call them game nights but we only occasionally actually play games i mean this last one was at my house and it was technically a game night because we watched a game being played because we watched <laughs> the uh the, the Overwatch, uh, 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 All Star game lead up stuff. But we
1: didn't play any. But we didn't play it. I probably could have qualified because I'm pretty good.
0: But... Yeah.
2: Yeah, I could have qualified watching, as a caster. If watching games on Twitch is game night, then I'm, a. Uh... Having game night every day, I guess, because <laughs> I've been addicted yeah. to people on Twitch lately.
1: Everyone's game night uh, runs a little bit differently, depending yeah. who hosts anyways. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we're in our intro segment. So, Jason, I don't know what if you want to talk a little bit about your NAP arcade group or anything and just give the, give the listeners some background.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. I didn't really intend for it to be a, a web page from my arcade or anything. But what it ended up happening was... Oh, it was a couple of years. I would say at least 4 years ago maybe. I ran I got one of the uh you know the Arachnid dartboards that have the screens in them.
1: Nope, no idea. Uh, you
2: know, the ones you see it the ones you see at bars Oh, yeah. They're, they're,
0: yeah, we've got one of those the soft tip darts
2: and it's got the video screen and then you play darts against other people and it keeps your score and everything. Yeah, they have got that. Uh, I got Yeah, I had gotten a uh an Arachnid Galaxy 2 cuz my son and I had played one on a cruise at an Irish pub in, in the cruise. And we really liked it. So I picked one up and I, I decided to have a uh, charity mm-hmm. tournament. So I did a, a charity dart tournament to benefit uh St. Jude's children hospital. And um, I created a page for it just so everyone would know, you know, so they could say whether they were coming and it had a link to donate to uh, St. Jude's and a couple things. And then, uh, you know, after that, the page kind of just stayed up there and sat and then, I was posting a lot of arcade stuff on my regular Facebook page where people from town and all these other people who really don't care all that much were seeing it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start throwing this stuff up up on the, uh, charity dart tournament site. So I just changed it from the charity dart tournament to nap arcade. And then, you know, I always love talking about all this stuff and I'm in competitive intelligence and general life for my career for many, many years. So I'm always looking for news about pinball and arcades and stuff that interests me. So I just end up throwing it up there and trying to talk to people about it from time to time. So I post tons of news articles about pinball and arcades and everything else. And there's a lot of people that kind of hang out and it's fun to talk to. It's a little bit more civilized than say, a pin side or something like that because you actually have your real face and real name associated with it in most instances. So you can't be as jerky, at least if people know who you are.
0: Yeah, it's kind of become a staple of my my Facebook thing now. I've I've gone through, and this is going to be horrible, but most of the people who this would be horrible to don't actually listen to the podcast. But pretty much everybody except for very close friends, including large amounts of family, have been totally muted by me. So my Facebook feed my is, you know, Dennis and my wife and my parents and like 40 some odd pinball related items at, and video game related items at this point and a few other friends and like one guy from work. That,
2: that's a, everybody else. <laughs> that's a lucky guy if he's the only one that made the. Cut. Yeah,
0: everybody else is mute. Well, he's the one <laughs> I actually have conversations with fairly often. So oh, so cool. everything else has just been every. I started by doing the. Uh, they added that thirty day mute, so I just started thirty day muting, and then I got so pissed off when the thirty day mute came off, and all of suddenly <laughs> like, all these people reappeared. I just hit everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely. uh like remained friends but unfollowed a lot of people from just town and random stuff and I I, I end up trying to friend as many people in pinball as possible just anyone who's like into pinball or arcades I generally send shoot them a friend request or whatever because I I love talking about this stuff and I love seeing people's random pickups and you know those pictures of people with the arcade machine in the back of their car the selfies and (laughs) stuff like that all that stuff I, I find is pretty cool so it, it was funny. I saw a meme on Facebook the other day and someone said, the way I know that someone's not real is if they're a, a beautiful woman and they've friended me. I only friend uh, <laughs> sloppy people who have arcade machines in their pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Does he always get a million fake, uh, you know, Russian or whatever requests from, uh, from Facebook? Yeah.
1: Thank you for the introduction, Jason. Tony, I haven't thanked you for your introduction yet because
0: you haven't given it. Oh, no. So, why don't you go? What have I been doing? I've been working. Yeah. And I know. I don't have any good introductions. Actually, that's a yeah. lie. I picked up I, I picked up some... I've been doing a lot of movie watching lately and TV show watching, which we've been talking about on the... Which, let me... We... I say we like there's any conversation. I'm posting a ton of stuff in the movies and TV section of the Discord about it. Mm. And... Uh, it just like stream of consciousness stuff as I'm watching the show. So we do have a discord and I'm sure it'll be included in the show notes or on the webpage or it, it's somewhere. Yeah, or, that, I somewhere. don't even
2: think I know what that is. What is a discord? Uh, discord <laughs> is kind of, um, it's like Twitter.
0: Well, kind of, it's like a having a, a discord server is basically like having our own little chat room that you can set up, Chats and separate little things. That's it's separate from Facebook. It's separate from anything else. And we don't kind of follow the rules that we do, like like being super clean and this and that. We're we're less Mm. concerned about that on the Discord. And it's got we've got where we talk about a lot of the non-video game and non-pinball related stuff because we've got a whole section where I just had a massive discussion about music and and. You know, we have this and that. We have general sections and more. I occasionally post memes and videos that I find interesting that I found online. It's stuff that, I like, a lot of people put on Facebook, but I don't like to put on Facebook. So,
2: Oh, cool. I'll have to check it out.
1: Yeah, there's a link off of our uh, main website, EclecticGamers.com. Some of the other shows are doing this. Buffalo Pinball, for example, they have a Discord. Uh, Gaming on 10 Minutes a Week with Don and Nick, they have a Discord. So it's... To me, it's sort of like the evolution of what used to be called IR- IRC. Yeah. Internet relay chat. Sort of like that.
2: Mm. Uh, but I feel so untrendy not knowing. Yeah. Who this is. Your,
1: your lack of hipness is pretty obvious at this point. So <laughs> I, I do pity that. <laughs> um, I have not been watching a ton of movies. I've watched a couple, but let's see what's been going on since the last show. Well, Tony and I had a monthly tournament at the 403 club last Saturday. It so was we did very that.
0: enjoyable. I did
1: that. Uh, Tony Instagrammed from it a lot. See, he's hip and doing Instagram.
0: I'm, 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 I'm trying to. Pick. The problem is, is I don't do enough. I don't do enough pinball stuff during the week. I can't Instagram every day because it would just be pictures of me going. I was at work today, and now I'm playing a video game. <laughs> and here's my again. Yeah, here's a picture of my I computer like the, screen.
2: The, the, monkey, the gif of the monkey pounding on the keyboard. That's my favorite. <laughs> I would send that to my wife when she texts me at work. <laughs>
1: And, uh, oh, another pinball-oriented podcast that I've I've started listening to a little while ago, and I realized I'd never actually plugged them here, so I will now. It's called Special When Lit Pinball Podcast. There will be a link in the show notes. They've had a couple of intru- – actually, I know they've had three different interviews. They interviewed Steve Ritchie most recently, but they also interviewed Dwight Sullivan. That was their first. And then Terry with uh, Pinball Life, who we had an interview with, I believe, last year. Uh, this one was, they do, they're in the Chicago area, so they're able to do all these interviews in person. Right.
2: So. They have the home field advantage. They do.
1: (laughs) They do. They're going to display. Well, I mean, we don't really, Tony and I very rarely do interviews. It's not really the, the, the. No, you get people,
2: you get people like me. Yes.
1: Yes. We get, Hey, but look, I'm going to write the way this is going to be written up. It's going to be nap arcade, the successor to fun with bonus. Question mark, question mark. That Uh-oh. might be the title.
2: Oh, hey, no. he's with Deep Root now. You start some strange feud between me and Steve That's <laughs> yes, right. Oh, yeah. You thought he was the
1: nicest guy in pinball until you turned on him. <laughs> uh, he's
2: the best. I'm still – what am I – I think I'm a – 10 of the 14 at 10 hours into his pinberg reveal still oh, i've been watching a little bit each day i don't know how he did that in one day he's a machine because i can't even watch the whole thing on video or <laughs> no, or no no
1: yeah forged yeah. in fire i guess i uh i did get through it but the way i had to do it is i would hit the 30 second jump button constantly and then just watch so i'd skip a lot of the setup and I just see, uh, oh look, he drained on that EM because it's an EM that had no skill. Skip, 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 skip. <laughs> Not all EMs are like that, but some of them are, especially at Pittsburgh. Um,
2: He's the best. I'm looking forward to seeing all the stuff that he ends up doing down there. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's going to be that's going to be the exciting thing at the first part of
2: 2019. Uh, and and was, last part, I don't, oh, that away from the news because yeah. I'm thrilled to see what's going to happen with that. Yeah,
1: I'm. They, they've got a talent pool that is uh, it's impressive, deep enough to dive uh, in. Yeah. And uh,
2: you can't not take them serious. They have like every big name that was a free agent, sort of like the Yankees, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly like the Yankees. Some people are going to hate them because they bought everything needed to win. But if you like winners, uh, what can you say? I
2: think John Norris is totally unrelated. Un- underrated too. I like him a lot.
1: Well, we'll get to touch on that here as as we move along. Uh, talking a bit about buying pins, I think that would probably be a, a good topic because you have more experience with his games than Tony or I do.
2: Mm. You know, actually, I actually had, I had a three game week last week, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately for uh, my wife, but fortunately for me, mm. it was funny. I, I blocked off. I said, what are we doing this weekend to her the other day? Uh, Cause trying to set aside some time to speak with you guys. I'm like, am I available Sunday afternoon? She's like, you're not getting another game already.
0: Right? So, no. yes.
2: <laughs> not yet. Not yet. No, I was like, it's okay. Yeah. Last week, uh, I picked up, uh, Bally Atlantis. That's a good
0: one.
1: Mm. Dolphins. <laughs> I've been
2: looking. Yeah. Women wide riding dolphins and sharks. I, I've always been strangely attracted to undersea themed pins for some reason. I think it's, it's just beautiful game. And then I grabbed, I don't know if you called it a pin, but a uh, uh, Gottlieb strikes and spares.
1: Well, we did when we did that worst of the fall. Yeah. Uh, we had that in and we had. <laughs> did
2: I, did the game I acquired quali- qualify for the worst of the no, fall? No, actually
1: we, uh, yeah, we discussed it. We had a guest on and everyone was sort of like, it wasn't a quote unquote real pinball machine. So we asked the listeners to, uh, to vote it out, essentially say it's too good to stick around and they did. So yeah. it got eliminated from the competition, but.
2: I always wonder if that would be legal to put in a tournament, like an IFPA.
1: Uh, I
2: I don't know. Like that baby Pac-Man. I need to find out the rules because that would be so funny. I... Everyone who's so awesome at pinball all of a sudden would be like, "What?" <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: I think I think in both cases the answer is yes, as long as it has flippers. I think IFPA says it's okay. I think
2: I'm going to host a tournament with all the weirdo games, <laughs> and then <laughs> I'll I'll have a shot at least. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, and last part on the intro would just be, uh, earlier in the week, I, they had me guest host again on the This Week in Pinball podcast episode 13. So there's a link in the show notes if anyone cares about that. That's with Zach. He's the regular host from Straight Down the Middle and, uh, puts me on tilt as he says his crazy stuff. And I try and help cover the news. <laughs>
0: and it's That's, got the best segment of all in, in oh all of Pinball. God. I like that segment. No, I was you, just going to say, you beat God, me. Oh my God, you guys, that segment
2: sucks. I love oh, that segment. It's
1: terrible terrible.
2: As long as it's accurate, it's, it's good. It's not. I mean, that's I why wobble. it's
1: awful. It's awful. But you guys don't uh. care. <laughs> you don't care. What
2: about Dennis's feelings?
1: No one cares about my feelings. I think Tony voted just to hurt me.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, it felt like it. So, s- speaking of pain, let's go ahead and transition formally now into pinball news. There's actually not really anything painfully negative to talk about this. Uh, episode, which is good for once. I don't have anything important to say about. Well, all right. I'm going to throw it in. It's not in the list. But I'm going to throw it in real quick. There was an update out of Dutch pinball. They said the lawyers met with the R lawyers and they're going to meet again. <gasps> there you go. Oh, wow. the lawyers are going to schedule meetings, meetings again. I, I know. Wow. You'd, you'd be amazed. Would you be shocked if I told you they get paid by the hour? Uh, uh, okay. I just, I just can't <laughs> believe it. And they
0: probably charged them for the lunch because it was a lunch meeting too. I'm sure. I don't
1: know. I don't know. But anyway, so but there was news, what limited amount one might say about it. Uh so first thing I have down, and it's more of a point of personal privilege, but hey, it's our show, so we get to have our points of personal privilege. Uh last week I had two more pinball related articles come out. I did not mean for them to come out on the same day, but that was just fighting the,
0: yourself. It was we just the way you've
2: been a busy man. It
1: was uh it was they were all written significantly further apart than you might think based off of when all these articles have been coming out. It just sort of depends on the editorial schedule. Uh, and by editorial, I mean the just, they all go through whoever's the editor. So Martin with Pinball News or Jeff with This Week in Pinball So, so you
0: don't it. just sit down and knock them out in a day or two and then kick them all out in the same week?
1: Uh, not on the, not these. No, I mean, it it depends. I'm working on one right now that I actually was able to write the entire content in a day, but but, you know, that's under 2000 words. It's when some of these were a little bit longer than that or needed permissions and things like that. So the, uh, this weekend pinball ran a beginner's guide on pinball designers. That one, yeah, that took a long time. And, uh, so that covers 30 designers for, I think 32 total from the electromechanical and solid state era. So there's a link in the show notes to it if anyone cares. And then Pinball News ran an article I wrote on middle pop pinball machines. You remember those, Tony? Like the Oh yeah, prototype.
0: I love middle pop so, games. Uh, I loved this article. That's making the uh, print copy too, right?
1: No, that's Pinball Magazine.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
1: I've never been. I've never written for Pinball Magazine. I doubt they would want me to. But uh, <laughs> it gets it no. gets confusing because I think that uh, Pinball News and Pinball Magazine they have a monthly podcast and they mentioned the article on there and it was the mm. pinball magazine editor who mentioned the pinball news article so it could be confusing i
2: listened to both yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so but no it's uh it's just it's on the digital one so uh pinball magazine was already to print by the time i even wrote this thing so anyway so links in the show notes to those so i don't think there's really anything necessary to discuss on it unless you want to talk about designers or, or middle pop pinball machines
0: Middle pops are fun. I like middle pops. Okay.
1: I had someone come up to me and said, <laughs> I read your article. And then I, uh, you know, I did the whole brush off the fingernails and I said, which?
2: <laughs>
1: and, uh, and then he, he looked I'm at sorry, me. Which
2: of my published yeah, pieces yeah. are you referring to? <laughs> he
1: looked at me like I was a big dork and then he said, the middle pop one. I said, Oh, what'd you think? He said, I really like the article. I'm pretty sure I hate all those games. <laughs> and I said, I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I helped you arrive at that decision. So,
2: here's a question for, for you: What's the newest middle pop game? The last one that was produced? That
1: was the one called Millionaire, not to be confused by the System Eleven Millionaire, made by Sega Enterprises in 1977.
2: I thought it's the. I thought you were talking about the one everyone rethemes as the Trump pin. Uh, I ever see that? yeah. No. no, (laughs) One rethems the millionaire like that. Yeah,
1: the the Sega Enterprise's millionaire. I've not even been able to find an actual photo. There were pictures of a flyer, but I was not able to secure permission to use it, so I I didn't include it in the article. But it's an interesting Mm. lower layout because the flipper design on it... Is much more like what we kind of think of today as a standard three-inch flipper layout. They're not dropped really low like they were with Norm Clark. Yeah. And I wondered, would that play close enough to traditional that most people who don't like middle pops would like it? I don't know. I I've never to see seen game one, and I, we, much you less can't even find
0: a picture it. one or gameplay. I about. even
1: emailed the uh, the Tokyo Pinball Museum. And asked them. I mean, I don't know if they know know English or not, but I tried. (laughs) They're like, "What is this guy doing?" (laughs) I asked them if they possibly had a line on any photos of one, uh, or if someone could take some footage and put on YouTube, or take some footage and I'd put it on YouTube. They did not.
2: Not at the Pinball Hall of Fame. I'm surprised they wouldn't have one. Mm,
1: uh, I don't know what the uh, how Sega Enterprises was only games designed for the local Japanese market, and not very many made it over. And I think even mm. uh, Pinball Hall of Fame's reach has been limited on accessing. It's not like Zacharia or Sonic or some of the others that was relatively okay. to get to easy to get to. They're um, just not not findable apparently. So anyway, I couldn't find
0: anything. But. Well, now you have to fly to Japan, find one, buy it, ship it back. Mm.
1: I'm starting to wonder with only the flyer pictures if it was produced. I mean. The data that comes out, see, that's some of the stuff I've always wanted to explore. Like, you go and you look at the list of games from, say, Playmatic. None of the designers are known, and to me, it's like, wouldn't it be cool to know who designed all those layouts? But you have to. Mm. I mean. Even, even with my limited ability in, in Spanish, whereas most of these other languages I don't have any background in and it becomes a challenge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, Google Translate though. You're making life easier. <laughs> the, uh, Cause I went to the, I went to the Japanese pinball forums and was using Google Translate and reading and trying to find the game millionaire. I, I did try. I gave up eventually, but I did try for a while.
2: Um, You said a lot of strange mm. things that you thought were what (laughs) I
1: I thought I thought so. And Uh. yeah, so there's a lot of this stuff where I've really wanted to explore a lot of the foreign manufacturers because we just don't have good records on them. But it's it's difficult because there don't seem to be many records that were released publicly. And unfortunately, as every year that advances, more and more of the people who know are dead. And it's just getting Mm. it's getting hard. I mean. Some of these articles that I worked on, like the Middle Pop, or when I did the article about Bally doing Harry Williams uh, items late last year, 10 years ago, I could have spoken to Steve Kordak and gotten a better answer. But now I, mm. no one's left. I mean, Wayne Nyans is the last of the American EM dev- designers of any note. Yeah.
2: And it's like, there's been some great articles about him lately. Yep.
1: And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Pinball Magazine number five because I, I understand they walk through his entire sort of litany of produced stuff. And it's, I mean, 300 and some pages. And a lot of that's just going to be interviews with Wayne. So
2: nice. I placed my order for that. It's out there now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I should be. If you
2: got your order in early enough, there's putting some bonus, uh, Postcards with pictures of some of his games on them. I think
1: I did a. I took out a EGP ad to help promote us in Pinball Magazine. So I think I get a copy of the magazine as part of that Ooh. payment. So, but I don't.
2: That's not bad because it, I think with shipping it's like fifty bucks yeah, now. I was yeah, like Yeah. Oh. No. So ma-
1: mathematically it made a lot
2: of sense. So I was like, <laughs>
1: yeah, okay, we'll go ahead and do that. We'll go ahead and do that.
2: <laughs> you actually came out ahead. Yeah. I
1: th- well, it depends on how you think. <laughs> it depends how you think of it because I think you know I, my math of anytime we've taken an ad has resulted in a net gain of zero but, <laughs> but so, uh, sometimes it's fun to do so and so it's not like it. It, it we don't really track it very well because we you yeah. don't make any money at it so it doesn't really matter but
2: yeah that's kind of like i always get the promotions for facebook uh advertising on my page and i'm like why am I going to pay for advertising? I don't even know what I'm doing with this. You know? <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just, uh, Facebook's given me a
1: couple free goes, so I've done some free ones through there for the podcast.
2: I advertised my page when I was trying to sell a game. I did mm. that. <laughs> like I was trying to What was I trying to sell? I don't know. I was having a hard time selling something, so I did a, a Facebook ad. Big hurt. No, it was not. It was not a bigger. Uh, I think I can see it here. Let's see. I have a list of everything I sold. Waterworld. It might have been either Baby Pac-Man or X Files or something like that.
1: <sighs> mm, yeah. I don't know. Baby Pac-Man scares people, so that it might have been that one. That's my guess.
2: But X Files is just such a wonder. That was, my first, wonderful that was game. my first pin, if you call that a pin.
1: I would. I would call that Baby That's Pac-Man. That's how
2: I uh, dipped my toe into the world of pinball, and then it sucked me in full with a giant riptide. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a vicious hobby.
2: <laughs> and speaking of
1: vicious hobby, let's go to the next news item, which is Spooky, Spooky Pinball. They have a podcast, monthly podcast. And apparently on that podcast, they talked a little bit about total nuclear annihilation or TNA to the masses, except when broadcasting to a major audience at Pinburg, in which case you must say it fully out to not confuse people.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> you might get a bigger crowd if you said it. You, like that. you might. But apparently,
1: <laughs> apparently Twitch is sensitive to it. So Competitive
0: TNA? (laughs) Yeah!
1: So, what Spooky (laughs) indicated was the sales that they currently have, or the orders, I should Mm -hmm. say, for TNA are almost to 500 units. So, what they have decided to do is they are going to make 550 units, and then they are pushing pause on that assembly. They need to ensure that they get Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle out within the 18-month window that they promised. Yeah. And so, they don't want to run the subline on TNA anymore. So they've set that number that will probably let them have some of these in stock and they'll be able to sell these TNAs off. They may revisit it once demanding comes back at some point, but it could be years because they don't think that they'll immediately need to worry about it and they need to prioritize getting their rest of their lineup going. So, yeah.
0: And looking at their next game beyond Alice Cooper.
1: Yeah, that would be my guess. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on that decision? Makes sense to you?
2: Oh, well, it does. I mean, they're a pretty small manufacturing company, so for them to actually get any Alice Coopers out there in decent numbers, uh, they probably had to do it, I would think. I mean, you know, to have a sort of scarcity associated with TNA is probably not a bad thing either. I think that really keeps the uh, buzz going and the demand up and and what have you. I mean, I I would love to get one one of these days. Me too. I know. It's just a little – it's like one of those things where – I, I'm more of a stern pro kind of guy. Like I, I want to sp- if I'm going to buy something new, I want to get it like slightly used and like the high fours to low fives. I don't want to drop like seven grand on some. So for for me, I'm t- really tempted by the TNA, but I'm kind of like yeah. But maybe you know, maybe someday if the used prices come down. But used, I saw on a uh, great segment that Zach did that used prices for TNAs are holding up very well.
1: <laughs> well. My understanding is, uh, despite what misleading, poorly researched segments might tell you, <laughs> TNAS are finally moving beneath the seven thousand range in the used market, which is suggesting a softening. But I don't there's know. There's one here. I'm with only a highly cabinet. trained analyst.
2: <laughs> but what but do one I There's one for know? sale. There's one for sale in my area with the butter cabinet. Someone's trying to get ten grand for it. Oh, jeez! I was like, what? Come on! They
1: better at least give you like two pounds of butter with it.
2: Butter. That's right. So you can bake a cake. You you
1: bake yourself a cake, so you don't feel so bad about all the money you (laughs) blew on a game that ain't remotely worth that much money. But Uh. so anyway, yeah, it it makes sense to me that they would go ahead and do the pause thing. I think that that was sort of an. I mean, I suppose if they had it all to do over again, they could have. If they could have taken back announcing Alice Cooper and just kept doing. TNAs as fast as they could for as long as the demand held up and let them continue to develop their code for the shift to P Rock. Maybe that would have made better strategic sense. But once you revealed Alice Cooper, I think it's smart that they stick with trying to keep their promise on the 18
0: month goal. I think, I think if they're going to make a, if they're going to put a gap in production somewhere, it needs to be post Alice Cooper and before their next game announcement. I agree with you.
2: Yeah, I don't think they really knew that TNA was just going to knock the ball out of the park like it did either. I mean, I saw or not saw, but I heard the interview with Scott Tanisi recently, and it might have been head to head or it was either head to head, probably. And he was saying they were taking bets in the beginning of how many they would produce. And he was saying like 200, 300. And some of the wild people were like 400 and everyone was like laughing at the time. And now, I mean, they've blown right past that to 550 and there's still demand for it. You know, one of the things about TNA I, that I think will be positive for the pricing long term is just that thing does great. It seems to do great on location. I'm not an operator, but anytime I go to a place that's like a good location pinball place, they have a TNA. Uh, it, the the ratio of TNAs that exist to the number of times I've seen it on location at good pinball places is, is way out of whack. I mean, it, it's very popular.
1: Yeah, I We don't have one in the area, but a lot of the area players have been demanding that we get one because, uh, its structure is ideal to tournament
0: play. And that's really what I'm
1: surprised you don't have
2: one because I've seen it at the Pinball Gallery. I've seen it at Eight on the Break. I've seen it at Rock Fantasy. They have it at Sunshine Laundromat. I mean, these are like, I could just name like five or six places off the top of my head around here that have it.
1: yeah, and we've we touch on it from time to time on the show, and I, I don't like to because I'm not trying to run spooky down specifically, but uh, whenever I've consulted privately with the area operators or owners who mm. hobby operate or operate on a higher scale, the the reputation that company has amongst our area is just too poor. It's a mix. Yeah. It's a mix of not being treated well when calling for tech support, and it's been an issue about that the games, for some, that the games don't they break too much. And so they're, when they're broken, a they there's don't a earn learning money.
2: curve, though, too. I think uh, you know, with them, I mean, you could expect that their first game or two is probably not going to be as reliable as it will down the road. I I haven't heard anything specific about TNA's being problematic. One thing that I've noticed about it that's kind of interesting, though, I'm pretty sure. Every time I've seen it on location, it's only been with coin. I don't think I've ever seen a TNA with a dollar bill acceptor in it, hmm. which is kind of odd. Hmm. That is yeah. weird.
1: Yeah, we have a. I mean, yeah, really. For us, it really depends. We 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 do have a number of machines where they they have gone ahead and just kept the quarter the quarter units in, but most of the games uh, around here do not price at a dollar. They're almost all under.
0: Yeah, mm.
1: seventy five cents and fifty cents tend to be the the typical rates. For us, even yeah, you know, the, they're the they're stuff. getting
2: up there. Usually, what it is is the f- the newest game or two is a buck. You know, whatever is the the, the latest and greatest, and then everything else kind of graduates down to seventy-five cents. There's not a ton of fifty-cent play, I don't think around, uh, not that I'm aware of. But usually, the newest ones are a buck.
1: Yeah, for us, it, it depends on the location. Our our biggest location that that has the highly maintained pins, which Tony mentioned earlier, four o three club. I think the the average rate there seventy five cents. New games that come in often will come in at a dollar, but only be at that rate for about a month or so. JJP games might stay at that rate longer. Yeah. And then nothing's really under uh, seventy five cents except if they have a very classic pin that which might be at fifty. Mm. Then we have a couple other highly maintained locations further south. Most of their games are on fifty cents. The newer stuff tends to be seventy five, and the classic stuff's twenty five. So that's sort of... There's the a place by me that you. has
2: JJP games. I'm trying to think. I don't know if they were $1.50 or $2. I was like, what? I've never played a JJP
0: what? game that was worth $2 for a single play.
2: I did get a lot of replays out of it, though. I think they have the replays set really easy because hmm. I was just loading up on free games. And if I'm loading up on free games, then you know that it must be <laughs> set recently. <reasonably.
1: laughs> it's because you're, you're a master pinball player.
2: Yeah, master builder. Something IFPA ranking. Yes,
1: (laughs) that's just because you limit the number of tournaments you play in. It's all it's sandbagging. Yeah, sandbagger. I
2: I really only started. uh, I've only been to two in-person tournaments. I really only started this year. I wanted to go last year, but then a couple of heart surgeries got in the way. So I kind (laughs) of
0: I kind of was doing. Yeah, that'll 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 do it.
1: Yeah, it could maybe. It sounds
0: like an excuse. I should have manned up. They should have wheeled you in on the chair. Pop some
1: baby aspirin and get over it. Uh, Last pinball news item that we have is uh, Deadflip. Jack Danger, he streamed the Deadpool Premium gameplay over with Stern. We have a link to the archived footage in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. And special thanks to Jason, who this morning tagged me because he finally found the disco mode. I went through the footage yesterday and I didn't see it. Yeah. That I wasn't going to sit there and watch three hours of gameplay or two and a half or whatever I it was. I think it
2: was about at the one hour mark, give or take, a little bit, you know.
1: So I was jumping around the stream looking at different modes and such to try and see how it, how it played out. Jason, do you want to lead us off? What were your thoughts in terms of any differences between the premium model and the, and the pro version?
2: Yeah, I mean, what I, what I thought was when I first saw the art and I saw the gameplay and the theme, I really wanted to get a Deadpool, and I was like, alright, I'm getting a pro, I'm getting a pro. And I was like, well, let's see what it looks like, and let's play it first. And then, of course, I'm not able to control myself, and I've bought three things since then, so I don't have the funds <laughs> to do that. But uh, uh I I, I always like pros when there's not a huge difference between the pro and the premium or I have a, um, a Star Trek, and I think that the Deadpool kind of reminds me of Star Trek in a way. I think it I mean, there's one shot that's different between the pro and the premium. I guess it's the lifting ramp, but other than that, I mean, the art's different. But I, to me, there didn't seem to be that big a difference. I, you know, I, I watched the uh, the disco multi ball. That's what I was really uh, scrolling through the stream for. And you know, I, I was kind of underwhelmed by it. I'm going to be honest. I think they need to turn the lights, either the GI or the other lights, down more or use different more focused uh, leds or something but it really it at least in the stream it didn't really look that impressive to me and and maybe that's just a function of you know streaming things sometimes looks a little different than it does in real life maybe the the visual effect from the disco ball is a little bit more impressive when you're actually seeing it in person But, you know, not only that, but if you really wanted the disco ball just for the look itself, I know there's a couple of companies already, at least two, already working on prototype mods for it. So that'll be out there for sure. It won't interact with the game like the premium will, but I mean, it'll be like 95% of the way there. So for
0: me, I would think the pro is the way to go for it.
1: Okay. Tony, did you happen to see any of the premium footage?
0: No, I didn't. I never got a chance. I've been on call.
1: Yeah, I looked at it. Uh as I noted, uh same thing looking at the disco footage, it was a little a little underwhelming. I mean, it looked it looked like a disco ball going off in there, which as far as sort of club effects go, the disco ball isn't really the most flashy thing. It's it's iconic, but it's really just one yeah, I was sort of thinking, though, colored lights or looking at, wanting to see something to the level of the lasers on Star Trek. Well, that Trek was my LED.
0: question, is, is yeah. was it mm-hmm. to that level? No. Because no. that was, su- that's super impressive.
2: It definitely does not show up nearly as much. And I think that on the Star Trek, they're actually using a laser, right? It's not a bright LED. So I I think maybe... I don't know what happens if you shoot a laser at a disco ball. I would assume it Death. would just be the same thing, but <laughs> brighter. Either that, or it would just evaporate and blow up. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, on, I'm <laughs> wondering. That's just the Star Wars lasers. The,
1: well, since the laser's so focused, I'm wondering if it doesn't sp- that you need a, a more diffused light to properly and interact with all the mirrors. Probably. Well, you could always put a diffuser on the end of it. And then the end of it the just laser doesn't show it doesn't show up
2: as well as the effect during the uh, star trek multiple yeah thing. and
1: i wondered if maybe uh, i agree with you jason part of it is probably just that it, it would be more noticeable in person versus on stream and then on the stream they had a disco ball in the room and the lights were down so there was already mm. like stars flying around it was
2: double disco yeah
1: i kind of thought maybe if they're I, I didn't I did make sure it wasn't their real disco ball actually throwing stars onto the play field, but yeah. it made me think mm-hmm. uh I get that they're going for the atmosphere there, but maybe how they lit the whole room overall was making it look less impressive than it would have been in a totally dark room or maybe even in a totally lit room. Uh but anyway, yeah, I agree. The uh lift ramp, I didn't think it was a compelling enough feature. I saw people doing the Right orbit or left orbit around and it was still going into the pops. So that was something when I was speaking with Zach that I think really irked him as he wants a full orbit. And there's an yeah. answer to that. It's called by a Steve Ritchie game. But, <laughs> uh, in this case, uh, in both instances, just like on the right, if you didn't have enough force, it falls into the pops, falls into him quickly. Uh, everything else, like the 3D toys looked okay, but the flats I thought looked... Yeah, I I mean, my, my takeaway was the same as Jason's. If I was going to get a Deadpool, I'd go pro. There was nothing about this that made me think it was remotely worth the increase in cost.
2: I thought they did a really good job with the stream this time, though. I thought when they did the pro stream initially, I think part of the problem is they're all too good at pinball. I mean, everyone says, oh, wow, the Deadpool is way too long of ball times, but you're looking at, like, Anyone from the top ten to top hundred pinball players in the world playing. I mean, they made Keith Ellen and Zach play with one hand, I think, just to try to make it a little bit, (laughs) a little bit less, uh, a little bit less long. So I think bringing in people who know pinball, like the Bells and Chimes, but aren't like top ten players in the world, was probably a pretty good move. You could see a more realistic portrayal of what the ball times are like. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that was it was a good decision. And now that we have a Deadpool pro on location, right next to an Iron Maiden pro the Deadpool times are shorter than the Iron Maiden times are that we are, that I've seen. Yeah. That does not, it doesn't surprise
2: me. I can see that.
1: So, uh,
2: I want to play it. I know that we finally got one up at rock fantasy. They didn't have the official party yet, but it's, it's up. So that's probably 40 minutes to an hour for me. So I need to get up there one of these weekends and try it out for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You got to experience the pool and then you can decide if you're going to buy that or buy guardians.
2: That's the two. Those are the two. I was either going to do Deadpool Pro or Guardians Pro, and uh, Guardians is in really a great decided...
1: place with its code right now. It's in a great place. I've
2: heard really good things about it. I mean, I've played Guardians at least two or three different places, but I haven't done like the latest, latest code. So you mm-hmm. know, it, it's it's tough because I. It's funny. It's such a nitpicky thing, but the lack of spinners in, in Guardians annoys me. <laughs> I, I just love ripping spinners. It's just annoying. I'm uh... Like, come on, that's what you're going to eliminate.
1: Yeah, well, look, the importance of spinners is greatly diminished now. Iron Maiden, in a way, was a bit of a throwback to it. I think that's part of the appeal, though, that a lot of people have with Deadpool is those... 80s sound effects that they've got going on in that game that's
0: one thing i do even
1: if that spinner isn't really where you go for all the points uh, it still sounds like it is
2: it's so satisfying just blowing up a spinner i mean if you're in a tournament and you have a game that's older and you don't know what it is just blast the spinner over and over again Mm -hmm.
1: or if it was made by stern electronics blast the spinner (laughs) sorry steve kirk knew how to do one thing that that they have
2: all those they have all those games in the background in the uh, Deadpool yeah. lobby or whatever that is. The Sea Witch and the Meteor. That's fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I like Sea Witch a lot. Meteor's a good game, too. Yeah,
2: those are both good games. It, to have those in the background on the DMD during the Deadpool gamers is a really cool idea.
1: Well, we're done with pinball news. So we're going to go to our first pinball generalized discussion topic. And that's actually going to be to talk a little bit about location pinball. We've been talking about Rock Fantasy. We've been talking about 403 Club. Jason, let's go ahead and and go into this initially with, what do you think, in your opinion, makes for a good location to play pinball at?
2: Hmm. I think probably the number one thing is maintenance. You can go to a place that has a billion awesome games, but if they're all broken or dirty, I mean, that's just so discouraging you know if they're not shooting the way they should and everything else i mean if a game's not working right it doesn't matter how good it is or how many of them you have i think that you know that's a real important thing there's a place by me uh called the morristown game vault and it's actually in an old um bank building in morristown new jersey and they literally have a safe cracker pin inside of a bank vault there it's pretty amazing but the owner of that place david is just meticulous with his games and you go in there you know that something's going to be working a 100 percent. and if it's not you'd be like hey man and he'll fix it instantly so that's where i've been going for the tournaments the last two times they have a uh tournament every other month there and, and everything is always working immaculately i think that's a a huge thing the same thing was that uh was That way, when I went up to Sunshine Laundromat, I mean, everything was working perfectly. The maintenance is just the key. I don't mind a mix of newer and older games, they don't have to be the latest and greatest, but they, sh- they need to work right.
0: Well, I'm not going to disagree. I, I mean, I think that's very important. Uh, there's a bar and grill literally two blocks from my house that keeps uh, one pinball machine, is what they keep. They've got a big, they've, they've, they've got your normal. Your your normal golden tea and, and 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 a deer hunting game, and then they've always have a claw machine and a single pinball machine. And I used to go there fairly often because uh, they've got really good food. But the pinball machines are just they get like zero maintenance. The guy doesn't clean them; he just comes in and dumps the quarters out. This and that. There was a uh. Uh, uh, a hook. There was a hook there for I went. Over the course of an entire month when I went in and I said something every time, the left flipper didn't work at all. It wasn't weak. It didn't work. only a move minor thing. For the entire month, and when I went went the next time I went there, it was like a month and a half later, it had been replaced by East South Park. Which mm. just is That's horrible. a good money moneymaker. Uh, That's what I hear. I, great people going. love that theme. They do. They it's love that a, toilet. It's such a terrible game, and the callouts are so horrible. I stopped going because the callouts, or I'd sit on the <laughs> other side of the place because the callouts. They had the volume turned up so loud. Uh, uh, the 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 callouts. I'm sitting there trying to eat my breakfast burrito, and and uh, it was it was terrible. It was terrible. But no, I agree. I think machines. Um, I will say that I really like places that have. Accessibility to food because typically if I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to be gone for several hours, and I like to make a day of it or make a beer. make a time of it. And beer. <laughs> uh, I don't really drink <laughs> beer very much because I'm normally driving and I have a CDL and uh, that's my livelihood. So there's no way I'm mm. risking that. But
2: Uber, Uber is the way to go. <sighs> oh,
0: Uber's out here are so expensive; it's it's insane because you have to drive such far distances.
2: I did. I took an Uber home from the last tournament at the Morristown Game Vault. It was like thirty-five bucks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that,
0: that's like well thats that, that's what an Uber. That's that's like the starting cost to get an Uber to my house is thirty-five bucks to go about anywhere. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. I've looked it up because I've thought about it. It's like ah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, I don't
1: have. I can't really disagree or change up what you guys have recommended in terms of good locations. Uh, maintenance is the number one uh my number two would probably be a decent assortment of games i i don't care if they're new mm. or old either but i want there to be more than one right basically oh, for sure. yeah. yeah if you've got five or more then i'm usually like okay you you've arrived you've made it enough <laughs> that just so i have some variety because i'm usually going to if i'm going to go to play pinball i like to go for at least an hour right and mm-hmm. uh like tony i like to go a place that serves food uh, the biggest negative for me with the 403 club is that it's just a bar. That it doesn't mm, serve. Sir- well,
0: just a bar. It's a bar. It's a but bar. But it's a bar. Yeah.
1: I mean, they have hot dogs, but I never eat the hot dogs. And you can get food brought in. So I mean, there are ways around it, but it's easier for me to go to a place like Pizza West or Nubs Pub because they have substantial quantities of food as well as having a decent quantity of pins right. that are also really well maintained. So yeah, in terms of the top locations, I I'd probably named the same ones: Tony Wood in our area, Nubs Pub, Four O Three Club, and Pizza West are easily the best maintained uh, mm-hmm. games in the in the Kansas City area. Uh, Jason, what are some of the top locations around you?
2: You know, the, I I wish there was more within drive. He says like short driving distance from me. There's a lot of stuff that's like an hour away, which is a little little frustrating. Yeah, like yeah. I can go yeah. to eight on the break. Which is about uh I mean forty minutes to an hour, maybe. I can go to the uh, Rock Fantasy. Rock Fantasy's in Middletown, New York. That's probably forty minutes to an hour. The closest one is the uh the Morristown Game Vault that I mentioned before. Right. That uh, that's a really good place. There's a new place that opened up recently in Hawthorne, New Jersey called uh Billy's Midway. And he kinda specializes in older uh games. So he has all pre LED games. There are some L- uh DMDs but they're all older games and it's a kind of a nice mix. Cause he's got a lot of them too. I think he's got like 20 pins like that or something along those lines there. So we're trying to get that into the uh, tri-state selfie league just to, uh, I thought it would be like a really cool change of pace. Number one, it's in New Jersey and there's only one other New Jersey location, but number two to have older games in there is kind of a, a nice uh, variety. Uh, for me, other than that, you know those ones that I mentioned right there. The, the closest thing is really New York City, and you know New York City as the crow flies is close, but convenience wise, this is certainly not <laughs> not very convenient to, to get to. It's a, a good hour, you know, for me to get in and out. I did uh, a like a staycation at home. Uh, it was about a month ago or so because my son uh, had a high school sports and we really couldn't go away, but we uh, wanted to take off. So I did in one week. I did both. Sunshine laundromat and modern pinball uh, in New York city. And those were just phenomenal locations, but they're just not that easy for me to get into. Unfortunately,
1: you just have to move to the city problem. solved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you no. can own any pins,
2: but Hey, that's true. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: You're in a one. You're, you've got your whole family in a one-bedroom apartment that costs sure. the same as a, as a full hub house. Look, you know
1: sacrifices <laughs>
2: have to be made.
1: His family I'll, I'll, will happily I'll bring pay nine
2: it. pins. I'll yeah. put my nine pins into the a uh, studio apartment with my family.
0: Yeah, they
1: can sleep <laughs> under the pins. There's plenty of room under there.
0: Have you, have you ever considered van life? <laughs> I lived in a
1: van down by the river.
2: I saw someone on Facebook that had a mobile home and they put a cabaret, a couple cabaret video games in it, like a Centipede and a Missile Command or something like that. So I just need smaller pins. That's right. What I need.
1: Yeah, safe cracker. Yeah, that's what work. Cra- buy that safe cracker.
2: I finally uh, actually cracked the safe. Like the last time I went down and played it, it was my uh, accomplishment for the trip. And there was nice. no token. No, there was no tokens. No. Oh, <laughs> uh. ruined, <laughs> wrecked. If I had the tokens, I can't blame someone for not putting them out on location. Yeah. I don't think I would either.
0: Well, I mean, I could see it. It would depend. I mean, I could see maybe doing if you uh, uh made you had custom tokens made specifically for the location that people would turn back in for like a free beer or something.
2: That's pretty cool. Well,
1: that was the original idea. Yeah. Apparently.
2: That's like yeah, uh, ice cold beer, right? Right. That's where you would win. You would clear ice cold beer and you would get a game.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played that at Texas. That was down in Texas, Yeah, the Ice Cold Beer Machine. I saw yeah. it
2: yesterday uh, there was a stream of Robert, Robert Gagno, you know, the pinball player? Yeah. yeah. He's a like top-ten player. He was playing Zeke's Peak, which is the more PG version or G version of Ice Cold Beer. It's the same theme, or the same game with a different theme, and he cleared it. Six straight times. He set the world <laughs> record yesterday on Z P. <laughs> He's just a machine.
1: Yep. That's why I don't play him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not Canadian, but so we don't <laughs> we don't meet much.
0: Eh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well let's let's pivot then off of location pinball to the opposite. Pinball mods. You got a game? You might wanna you might wanna purdy our up a little bit. Gotta go for that wild under glass. So um Jason, what are your thoughts on pinball mods, just in general?
2: You know, I, I like them. I, I think that I'm, I'm a big fan of buying plug-and-play sort of things. I don't want to tear an entire game apart to kind of put something in that, that would be a, a mod. Anything that involves removing too many things from the play field or doing anything too crazy, I'm not into If I can buy something and slap it on somewhere or do something, I'm all for it. Like, if I could do powder-coated Legs and powder coated, uh, you know, side rails and what have you. I love powder coating. I think games look phenomenal with it. I think I would powder coat my left arm if I could powder coat (laughs) it. Amazing. I think all games look amazing with powder coating. So I would do that in a second. Of course, it costs a couple hundred dollars and I don't feel like spending that on any of my games, but you know, I would do that in a second. But I mean, I guess it depends on what your definition of mods is too. Putting LEDs in a game that didn't have them originally, I guess, could be considered a mod. You know, I do that with most of my games for sure. Um, what other, whatever other ones I've done? I've been messing around with mods on Star Trek a little bit. I put the meteors in.
1: Oh, yeah. Those I think I didn't look pretty good. I put the meteors
2: good. in where they normally go over, you know, to the left of the ship. Right. Cuz it's got the triple oh, layer of plastics there and I kind of like the 3D effect that it does with the different meteors. So I have them over by the ramps sort of. There's a couple of different ones. I think maybe Measle mods made them or one one of the one of the companies. So I did that. And uh I got a striker for my World Cup soccer. That's the name of the dog off of eBay that was like an original World Cup figure. So I I put that in my World Cup soccer, that little guy. I'm a big fan of the Titan bands, too. I change out the rubbers on all my games, uh, the colored ones. You know, last night I had, uh, much to, uh, some people's chagrin of Gottlieb that I was changing out the rubbers on. I had a uh, rescue 911. I put red bands in red Titan bands in and I put blue ones in my Star Trek and I put, uh, purple ones actually in the World Cup soccer because Titan has them all set up. They don't do it themselves, but. You can have customer-created lists of bands for games. And most of the ones that were pre-created for Titan bands were purple for World Cup soccer. And I was like, really? But then I went down and looked at it. And you know what? There's a lot of purple in that cabinet. So I I put the purple Titan bands in. And I think it looks pretty sharp, actually.
0: I saw the the pictures you put on of the blue bands on Star Trek. And I really liked that. That That looks slick. No, yeah, you were telling Dennis to get them. Dennis is, uh, next up.
1: I have a big bag of regular, you know, normal proper rubber. And until that's run, until I run out of that, I'm not inclined uh. to go and buy tight. But if I were to buy, um, more silicon based bands, it would probably be Titan at this point because I won't buy super bands.
0: So what you're saying is that. I need to write down tight blue titan bands for your birthday because isn't your birthday oh, your birthday is coming up? Christmas you know what? List, do you know Do you know how
1: long list. it takes to re-rubber a game? Blue titan. You had Jason telling you about how he doesn't game. want to take a bunch of stuff off and then he tells you about how he's re-rubbering. Yeah. <laughs> which is all That's about true. taking off. Like, Jurassic you. Park was the worst re-rubber job I ever did.
2: I tell you, I, I go for the low-hanging fruit when I do the rubbers. So I have three rubber kits for those games downstairs that I told you. And I've done probably... Eighty percent of them, because there's some of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking three ramps and like you know four posts and everything else out. I'm like, I'm just not doing it. I'm like, that looks fine with the original part. <laughs> but the flippers, the you know the main bumpers down at the bottom, uh, you know stuff like that. I'll, I'll do anything that's very visible. The stuff that's hidden underneath all this, I'm like, uh, forget it. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, they're <laughs> not uh, broken. Well, I have mm-hmm. considered Titans on the. Even on the Star Trek, because, for example, the rubbers that protect the sides of the warp ramp, I've had to change those little rings on those posts out several times because it just takes such a beating. They break apart.
0: It's because I can't hit that shot.
1: Tony, what are your mod thoughts? Other than
0: apparently you like the idea of blue Titan bands. Mm -hmm. I like mods that... There are some, I've seen some that I'm not, I'm like, okay, whatever. But I've seen some mods. Some of them are really simple mods, like the transporter effect mods you put on your, your Star Trek mm-hmm. that are like mm-hmm. super easy, super simple. And I think look nice. And I think that's what it's all about is how nice do you make your game look? And as long as they're not like way expensive or way complicated and get in the way and block too much view and they make it look nicer, I'm all for it. And some of the simplest mods I've seen. Some of the things I like the most is when I've seen where people just uh, uh, run LEDs on the bottom of the cabinet, so it lights so, just so it lights the underneath of the cabinet. Oh, some ground more, effects. Uh, some ground Those effects. Those are pretty cool. I like it. It looks good. I don't know if I'd want it like in a bar setting, but if, I know if I had machines a, a, at home, I'd definitely run something like that. That's like yeah. the cars that
2: people had in the nineties with the mm-hmm. uh, neon oh, right. lights underneath them. Yeah. That's what it always makes me yeah. think of.
1: Uh, Yeah, in terms of, I mean, I don't do a lot of what I consider modding. I, I've i done a couple mods on Star Trek that both were measle mod options, the teleport mod. And then I did uh, the Vengeance Explosion plastic replaced with a 3D printed one that lights when the flasher lights. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool. That, that's just below the Vengeance. Yeah. And they were, but they're both cheap. That's why it's like, uh, they're subtle. They're not, I don't want things to look gaudy. So right. I do LED pretty much all the games that don't strobe like crazy, but I usually just use whites. I keep them, I keep the, I'll do like warm white and cool white and do balance. You don't like purple? That. No, no count, no clown vomit for
2: me. I can't. <laughs> yeah, per, purple, I, GI. <laughs> purple GI. Purple GI.
1: I know some people love to put, I do not like, if you want to do color lighting, I mean, it's your game. So do whatever you want with your game. I don't care. But I don't pay people more money because they put LEDs in. Let's let's get that Mm. let's get that right. That (laughs) that ship sailed, and in my judgment, color LEDs can go in on the inserts if you want to color match. But GI should probably be kept some shade of near white, just because. The goal is for how far the light throws and being able to – the goal is to see things. And right. And plastics have a <laughs> color to them and you'll start throwing off the shading. And I know it looks worse in photos than it does in real life, but the photos look so bad and on some of them that I'm not a huge fan. If you want to do that stuff under behind the back glass of the trans light, I don't really care as much. But personal preference is personal yeah. preference. I do not agree with the people that are like, don't ever – led anything that didn't come with leds or don't led ems no uh. you know what quit acting like these artists sat there and were thinking yes but i must choose the perfect color to go with what a number 47 incandescent will throw no that it wasn't like <laughs> a science they weren't they didn't put that much thought into it and nor should you i go to leds first and foremost to reduce the power draw on my circuit breaker that's why because i have seven games they're all on one circuit I need to get that power draw. I want those amps down as low as I can get, and that's why I put in as many LEDs as I
2: can. I actually have three other mods for the Star Trek I didn't even mention. I have alternate back because I'm tired of staring at Chris Pine's face.
1: Chris Pine of- is the Ryan Reynolds of Star Trek. What, <laughs> what's wrong with you?
2: I don't have the Auric. I wish I could have gotten the ORIC, but I haven't oh, yeah, one that got That's good. Of it's eBay. a cool one. Yeah, it's very similar to it. It has a big Enterprise and just a very, very faded... Uh, their faces in the background. I also did the, uh, the shooter rod that has the, you know, the swirly colored balls. Oh, the one that looks like like a planet. Exactly. Yeah. I did that one like a week or two ago and I couldn't decide whether to go with the small one or the big one. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I might as well go big. But the big (laughs) one's pretty big. I probably (laughs) should have gone small. (laughs) Uh, It's like like a pool
0: ball down there. It's like,
2: it is. It's like, it's like pulling on a, a, a softball. And then uh <laughs> what was the, the third one that I did was, uh, oh, I have lighted speaker grills that I have not installed yet.
1: Oh, uh, that could look cool. I You're, I would consider yeah,
2: that. I, I've it seen light, several. I did it separately. So it's the light blue lighted speaker. Well, I might probably change, but I'll do them in blue lighted speaker grills. And then it has the Star Trek insignia that you put over it. So it just lights up like the Star Trek insignia. Yeah, that's the part that
0: I like. Yeah, I've seen several of those that have been done like that. And I really like it, though. It, it seems like so simple, but actually lighting and putting the design on the speaker grills really makes that whole machine pop a lot more. I like that.
2: So I have that sitting there waiting for me when I feel ambitious enough to do it.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Re- I don't really
1: have any other "quote unquote" mods. I've considered doing a shooter rod on Star Trek. I I like the ones where it's like the Starfleet insignia, but it's still round, right? Uh, so, the, I guess, yeah, a lot of those on side. Yeah, it? yeah. I don't like the price on them though. I thought about making it myself instead. <laughs> I sat down and wrote another article, but yeah, that's <laughs> what happens. But um, what what are you guys' thoughts on color DMD?
0: I like like it
2: a lot. I just don't want to pay for it. Yep.
1: (laughs) Okay. I I agree. All right. So we're all in agreement on that. Uh, (laughs) What about, what about the mod that has taken the world by storm, or you would at least think from all their advertising and sponsorships, Penn stadium lights.
2: Uh, That's not really my thing. What I'll say I do like them for is streams. I like watching Mm. a game that someone is streaming that has them, especially when they put them on all the Papa machines. I thought they looked amazing, but for me, like, I'll just turn up the light a little bit. I like in that yeah. room. Like yeah. I don't really care that much. I certainly don't care enough to go through the trouble of installing them. Like if if they were there and I could pay for them and someone would do it for me, I'd maybe I'd be like, yeah, I'll take them. But I'm certainly not going to do it.
1: Yeah, for me, it's that uh, I wouldn't want. I know they're just like magnetically adhered, but it's an, it's a big enough. To, I don't know. I'm probably I'm just lazy. I don't want to uh. have. You have to pull them off to lift the playfield. Well, oh. I'm in the playfield all the time. All the time.
2: I think it's more involved than just slapping a magnet on the side though, isn't it? I don't know. Uh,
1: I think the initial setup is I think it just I think yeah. once it's ad- adhered you can then de-strip the uh the light to get mm. the playfield. I think it's supposed to be easy after right. it's installed,
2: but okay. that's
1: still just another step in my yeah. long list of all is this one of the games where I can leave the balls in, or is it one of the games I have to empty them out of the trough, or they're going to fall on every on my head? Everyone's <laughs> on my head. I'm the one doing everything, and just all that stuff. Anytime I need to adjust a switch or or a screw comes loose, I mean it. I mean it happens all the time. So I just I like that part to be easy, and that looks like a mod that's going to get in my way. And I don't I want typically don't have
2: a lot of trouble seeing the ball either. I mean, I've got a lot of problems, but seeing is not one of them right now. So it's not a really problem.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't. I mean, other than when the, when, when the game wants you to have trouble, when right. it chooses to turn oh, off yeah. the lights and hit you with the flashers, you know, Dwight Sullivan maneuver on you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that happened instance.
2: to me during tournament the other day on right. uh, Ghostbusters.
1: Hey, that's a you know what? That's a Dwight game. So that's why. That's an
2: evil game.
1: It's Dwight's way. He wants to blind you with flashes. (laughs) (laughs) Same
2: thing with uh,
1: Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, Game of Thrones. That was that was the first one I played that really messed with me. The very first time I played Game of Thrones, and I was like, I was like, whoa! It's deliberate.
2: Mm.
1: Okay, well, let's move from mods into something that I know Jason knows a great deal about, and that is the purchasing of pinball machines. So you had suggested this topic and for good reason, because you have a lot of experience with it and you had a lot of questions that uh, would be good for us to tackle. So I guess in terms of the, you started with one on regarding shipping. So what what are your thoughts on shipping when it comes to private pin purchasing?
2: I personally prefer not to, I mean, it depends because I'm not going around buying like a $10,000 cactus Canyon. If I was buying like a $10,000 cactus Canyon, and shipping was a couple hundred dollars, I'd be like, eh, okay. I'm going around buying, like, a $1,900 Earthshaker. And then shipping is, like, a third of the price. And you're like, what? Like, I, you know, it's just a, on a percentage basis, it adds too much. And and on the flip side, shipping games out to people, I mean, I, I sold a uh, police force last week. And, and people kept asking me, will you put it on a pallet and bring it to Fastenal? And I'm like, no. I don't want to do that. I'm Put it on some giant wooden pallet and then bring it halfway across the world to to ship it out. It's just, it's too much work. I, mean, I did ship one game. I had a uh, Star Wars Episode One that I picked up from a bar in the city, the Pinball 2000. And uh, I was trying to sell it locally and it really wasn't going. I thought I had it priced pretty cheap as it was. It really wasn't going uh, that quickly and someone in the Midwest wanted it. And I said, you know, yeah, I, I can ship it. And they had uh, North American Van Lines or STI, whatever the, whatever the official name for it is. They came to my house and wrapped it up and took it. Like, I'll do that. That's fine. But I don't want to, like, jump through a thousand hoops. I'd rather sell for a little bit less locally than, you know, go through all sorts of gyrations to sell a game to someone across, halfway across the world. So in terms of buying, I have a guy and – uh he's uh i guess he's he's kind of a friend of mine at this point his name is fast eddie and he <laughs> he is a pinball shipping and arcade shipping machine he drives for all the way up the east coast i know this week he was in pittsburgh new hampshire like virginia and he's just a retired gentleman he's i mean i don't want to get into age but he's a, he's a retired gentleman and he's just he lifts games with one hand he's just an absolute machine and he's probably the nicest guy in the entire universe so anytime i do a game i'll ship if it's something that fast eddie can pick up within driving distance that's the extent of of my shipping now but to use like an actual fast and all or north american van lines or something like that i prefer not to Hmm.
1: i have for purchasing games never well other than the new in box of course because i was part of the arrangement i've never had a game i've purchased shipped i've always picked them up um, the furthest I've ever gone out was probably four hours one way. And in terms of selling, I did ship one game. It was through STI, and I I did not list the game as being eligible for shipping. And when I was contacted and someone in Washington State wanted it, I really didn't want. I was I was like I I I can let this <laughs> game sit. It's an EM. It's going to sell eventually. The price. I mean, there was no there was no dispute on the price. Uh, but they really, really wanted it. And yeah, it was through STI. And so they assured me I wouldn't have to do anything they would do. The shippers would do everything. It wasn't 100% true. Those particular shippers were, you know, they wanted the head off of the game and they didn't bring wrenches. So I took the head off, but <laughs> it wasn't mm. a big
2: deal or anything. But that's well, the only was-
1: time I've done shipping myself, uh, was to accommodate that, that sale for that game. And it arrived that must fine, have been a
2: big so. percentage of the price again though it ship. was
1: almost the entire price they paid the ga- I think they bought that ga- <laughs> I don't they understand bought that, ga- that game from me all. for like four hundred or four hundred and fifty bucks, and the shipping was almost four hundred I think so oh I
2: could never oh no i, I was
1: I was shocked, but the it was the whole thing was really weird they I was contacted I wasn't contacted by the guy who was buying it. they saw it on pinside, and this guy in California contacted me saying he had a friend in Washington who wanted the game, but that guy wasn't on Penn side, but he would be the one who would be talking to me in pain and all of that. And that he would prepay. It was his
2: friend wasn't in Russia, was he, by any chance? No, you? <laughs> it was, no, it was some guy who is. wasn't like a Nigerian prince or something. Yeah. No, I was like,
1: the whole thing really made me uncomfortable. <laughs> but he's like, he sent me the check ahead of time and said, we'll arrange for the shipping after the check clears. So I had the. So I, I don't
2: think it I can't no, do it.
1: I, well, I was like, it was low enough dollar. I wasn't overly worried. I mean, if I if, if I got screwed, it wasn't by like a big fortune. I mean, the game only cost me 150 bucks when I got it. So I wasn't going to get too worked up about it, but it was just, yeah. So the, I got a call from the shipper and, and they're like, Hey, w- can we come this day? And I was like, no, the check hasn't cleared. It hasn't even arrived yet. So I'm not mm-hmm. scheduling shipping until it clears. Uh, the check came, it cleared really quick. I let the shipping come and and do it. And the guy was like, I don't know some guy was collecting '60s Williams wedge heads out in Washington, and I had one of the few ones he still needed. So
2: the wedge heads are pretty popular now for some reason. Yeah, the but Williams have gone up a lot. Williams trash. Come on, <laughs> the it's prices for the wedge heads have gone up.
1: Yeah, we're we're gonna have a fun topic on buying pins here uh, <laughs> because that's gonna be something we're gonna touch on. But, um, uh. So and unfortunately for T- Tony, doesn't have any games. So I know he hasn't shipped any.
0: No, well, I wouldn't. I would never ship a game. No. But my reasoning is a little different. My reasoning is I, I love to drive and I love travel. Mm. So well, the
2: fact that you oh, can't no. see them in person either is a big right.
0: Compliment. So if I got so if I had the ability to drive to somewhere that I kind of wanted to visit anyway and spend a day looking at a pinball machine and maybe running around a place for the day and then drive home the next day. I, yeah, I do that in a heartbeat.
1: Well, Tony, if you were looking for pinball games, where would you be, where would you be watching to see, to buy a game?
0: I look primarily on Craigslist, Facebook, and I've got some warnings set for certain games on Pensite.
1: Okay.
2: Jason,
0: what I is it?
1: I didn't know your- you could
2: set. You can set warnings for games on Pinside. I didn't get if to do you, that. If
1: you put anything in your wish list,
2: they can oh, like okay. a twice
1: yep. twice a week. If there's a new game, yep. new listing, it'll they'll get an email or yeah, or a PM, been, however you configure it.
2: I've had it set up to email me whenever anybody has anything with the word pinball or arcade from Craigslist in like a five state range for like years. And mm. I used to be able to find pretty decent deals on Craigslist. I mean, I mentioned that Star Wars Episode One and I've gotten a bunch of different things over the years, and now there's so many flippers—people that are just gobble up the games, not doing anything to them, and then resell them for five times the price. I, I mean, I I can't get a whiff of anything on on uh, Craigslist. Very, very rarely. I, I I say that, and then I did buy a game off of Craigslist last week, but that was a, it was a cruising world. I don't think people are are really beating down other people's doors. <laughs> for yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I think for me now, just because the Craigslist has gotten so gobbled up by everyone flipping games, I think Pinside is honestly the number one place I go to look to buy stuff. And you know, I I go on there pretty frequently and 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 see. That's where I found uh, the Atlantis that I bought last week. That that was on Pinside, and that's where I listed I listed my police force that I sold uh, two weeks ago or so on there. And I I did the official. I sold this through Pin Side Contribution. I didn't Aww, cheap out and nice. say sold sold elsewhere. I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't steal my five dollars from them or whatever it is. So I, I did the legit legit pin side sale. But you know what else has a decent number of things is uh, Facebook now. Mm-hmm. Know, if if I'm gonna sell something, I'll list it on Facebook first just because it's quote unquote free. You don't really have to uh pay, you know, a lot of money for pin side, but just Because Facebook, you get to see who you're selling it to. And I know a lot of people on there. And I can throw it on the NAP Arcade page and like pin it to the top or whatever. So sometimes people will see it. So I would do Facebook first. And if it didn't sell on Facebook, I would list it on Pinside next. And then if I was just dying, I might list it on Craigslist. Because you tend to get a lot of interesting characters a lot of times from Craigslist stuff. So Mm -hmm. that, that would be my last choice of the three if I really had to sell something.
1: Yeah, I, uh, well, let's see. In terms of my buys, if I think about all the games I've purchased overall, I think most of my games have come from Craigslist. Uh, I, none have come from Pinside. I've never bought through Pinside. Interesting. I, I wa, I do watch there, but it's just, it's never, never worked out. And, uh, a few have, gone have come through Facebook. And then when it's come to selling, I usually, I, some of the, like there's a area player groups, like a private group on Facebook. I'm a member of that. So when I want to sell, I usually will list there first, uh, at a lower price than I would normally list publicly to see if there's some mm-hmm. area player who would like the game. And then if they're not interested, I will broaden that up to list on facebook kansas city area yeah and then if that doesn't go i usually turn to pin then and then uh, craigslist is last resort but depending on the game
2: yeah a lot of that has to do with who you know too because i know a guy who runs the arcade in hawthorne that i mentioned billy's midway and i've sold him three games just for, for less than i would have sold them to the general public but i know that he's good i know he's going to come over and get it and pay me in cash and He's he's a nice guy. I go there and things like that. So I've sold him. Baby Pac-Man went to him. Uh, Teed Off. You know, Gottlieb Teed Off? Oh, yeah. I like that one. That one went there. I I finally sold Teed Off. And a a video game, it's called Slick Shot. It has actual pool cues. And you hit a real pool ball, but it, like, interacts with pool balls on the screen. So those those three games are still there on the floor. So I can go visit them. I get visitation rights (laughs) if I, if I, if I sell them. Seldom, but uh, you know, just to people you know, it seems a lot easier. That's where I got the the strikes and spares too. Was a you know a friend of mine. He was trying to sell it. I was like, I'd do that. So if if you can deal with people you know, it definitely makes the process a lot easier. So. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Two of, two of my current games came from the same seller because it was a good experience the first time, and they were they liked how it went as well, and they were very reasonable for the second go around. And I, I may sell to another person here. So Superman's the next game to go out of the collection. And I've got a couple of area people who have expressed interest. So they'll get first dibs on it. Uh, and one of them's bought from me f- before. So, so it's like, okay. Yeah, I've well. made
2: fr- I've made some pretty decent friends from buying and selling too. When I bought the baby Pac-Man, I made friends with someone and then I got, that's when I was first starting and I got introduced to a whole bunch of people in the area that are in the hobby and that hang out and go and do various things. So, you know, there are some weirdos, but there's also a lot of cool people you can meet by, you know, buying and selling games as well.
1: Okay. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what games you want to buy or sell uh, now. And obviously the standard question that ties in with that, if there's a current grail. So Tony, I'll let you go ahead and lead off on
0: that. I, for a whole variety of reasons, I'm not, Looking real hard right now, but I do have a grail.
1: What's your grail? Campus Queen. Campus Queen. And classic. I, I, Ted Zell.
0: one that I I was I almost went to the auction where Nick where Nick uh, Schnell bought that one at, mm. but I didn't want to drive all the way to Tulsa, so yeah. oof should have yeah. checked on
1: shipping. Yeah, the game
0: went from the auction he for like, like four hundred bucks. You so. can
2: find all about shipping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Okay, well, Jason, are there any grails you've yet to own, or other games that you're just sort of looking to to buy right now?
2: Well, the one game that I was looking for for probably three or four years is Atlantis, and I finally just got that. You,
1: uh, you've you won, weeks. you've won the hobby. <laughs> I, I got, I
2: got, I got my grail. Wisely. I have chosen wisely, <laughs> as the Indiana Jones goes. But uh, yeah, I just I don't know what it is with that game. I love the art. I. You know, I've played it and I was like, wow, I actually like the way this game plays in addition to the art. And, you know, I looked on and off for a couple of years and I came close a couple of times. But it was either like I would spent my money on something else and I needed to build the arcade fund back up. Or there was one that was too far away and I would have to ship it, which I don't feel like doing. So this one came up and it was fairly reasonably priced. I wouldn't say it's not collector's quality, but I'm not a collector's quality kind of guy usually. So I'm more like above players, if players means trashed and below collector. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the middle would be good. And that's where this one is. You know, the play field's in great shape. The cabinet has a few bumps and bruises, but nothing that, you know, can't be uh, fixed. Like the, the side rails, someone had put the head down and not put anything in there. So that the side rails on top are dented. So uh, I ordered some two new side rails, and apparently two-sided tape is what you use, according to Marco's specialties anyways. So I'm going to try to replace those this week. But yeah, the the Atlantis was the one that I was really looking for for a while. And that was the only thing probably that would have kept me from buying one of the Stern Pros coming up here at the end of the year. Like I, you, you mentioned previously I was trying to decide between Guardians and Deadpool, and that kind of got pushed back a little bit because – the Atlantis did pop up on my radar. It was Mm -hmm. funny. I was, I don't know. It was like 1130 or midnight or something. And I was like, why am I still awake? And I hit refresh on Pinside marketplace. And it had listed like five minutes earlier. I was like, Oh, and I (laughs) I started typing the email right away. You know, it was just a funny timing. It was a good coincidence because they tend to go pretty quickly. They're for, I don't know for, for an older pin, like they are, they're, they're fairly popular.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a combination of the art package and possibly the rules. I can't, I know I've played one, but I don't have enough time on it to really comment. But the art
0: package is solid. It is a good art package.
2: That's perfect 80s or 90s cheese. I mean, it's just, it's so cheesy. It's good. Eh.
1: Well, I, in terms of things to buy, I keep a, a, a small list. From time of to time gotleaves. on, uh, there are a couple. <laughs> there, well, there's one Gottlieb. I'm still been watching for a world challenge soccer because I, re- I want to try it or a car hop, which is basically the same layout. So I want to try that. And I think I might have to buy it. It's about the only way unless I get to the pop-up facility. And uh, outside of that, like, is- we got no title fight. No, the, uh, the layout of title fight is very interesting, but I know that the rules would bother me too much to want to own it. <laughs> But I do want to try it. I really do want to try it. Just to see how I well played one,
2: it is for shoots. the first time. It's pretty cool.
1: And I like Deadly Weapon as well. I've heard that that shoots is a really interesting layout. It's probably the most interesting street level layout, but that you can't turn off the 20 million mystery awards or just competitively. It just wouldn't be fun. I don't think so. It'll be a single player only thing. And I don't, I don't buy single player only things anymore. So um grail wise uh would still be lord of the rings is probably the the one i I wanted the longest but i will not pay what they currently are going for so i I I basically like
2: six or seven thousand yeah
1: yeah and i i would never pay six thousand for a game that old so for me i've sort of voluntarily putting the chalice beyond my reach but
2: that is tough to get a game that's used 20 years ago for $6,000 when you could buy a brand new in box game for the same for less is a little <laughs> a little uh, difficult. I mean, I guess you could say there's a collector's quality to it, but for me, I'd be like, I think I'll go brand new. Yeah.
1: They, they just have to vault it. Vault it, my problem is solved because those used ones will drop like a stone, especially if <laughs> if it's not all that pixelated printed art on the new ones, the old ones will lose a lot of value comparatively. So, but they have not vaulted any White Star games yet, so I don't know if they ever plan to. But uh, so I guess the final part of the buying pins discussion well, would be. I had one other oh, game that Tony, popped in my head. You did? Uh, oh.
0: Grail Wise, and mm. it's a game that I've I saw pop up one day here. Uh, and no, it's not the meteor that I that I uh, no I bought meteor is too common to be yeah. a Grail. But uh, uh Knight Rider. I like that game, and it's symmetrical, hmm. and I like that game.
1: Night Rider. That's like a
0: 1977
1: yeah, like Bally-17 Bally First Board set, Solid mm-hmm. state. And mm. I don't know if they had any EM models on that. They did. Not. Okay.
0: I, I had to look, I looked it up just to be oh, sure cuz okay. I couldn't remember the name. I just remembered it was Night something. I played it I played it a whole bunch 2 or 3 years ago at uh, TPF. Mm. And I really enjoyed it and I'd seen it pop up uh, for sale in Ottawa uh, down south of us. One day for cheap, real cheap, but I didn't have the money at the time. And I'd never seen it I've never seen it listed anywhere else since again. so that's another one of those games that okay. I, it's an older yeah. game that's not super expensive, well, but I couldn't It's interesting. right, I, I right ch- like.
1: ch- those all had chime sounds still first yeah. generation uh, Bally board sets. so yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. But and most it was of those the, games were heavily produced, so they shouldn't be too hard to uh, no, it's I'm not it's not terrible. It There's like
2: I think a lot of people rethemed those <laughs> ah, <laughs> think that that could I've be. seen a lot that of them like be. chopped up and turned into other things,
0: yeah. Cause it had a symmetric, it was, it was a very symmetrical game. And like a lot of people, I'm not huge on symmetrical games, but I liked it every time I played it. Mm-hmm. It was one of the games that I played a bunch at TPL. I kept going back to like, like I did, like we did with TNA and like we did with, uh, uh, uh the freedom prototype. Okay. I
2: saw a weird game streaming last night. I w- I had never seen before. And it's first, let me say it's not a grail pin for me. I don't want it, <laughs> but, uh, I saw someone from the Garcade in Wisconsin. They were streaming gold wings. It has such a weird layout. I've never seen mm. that before. You know, God Leap, Gold Wings? Right, yeah.
1: right. I can't recall. if I may, Maybe
2: I've played it we once. Did.
0: Yeah. Okay. I've
2: I never don't... played it, but the, the layout is so unusual. I was like, you know what? I would play that.
0: I think we played it one time last I so, TPF. Yeah.
1: I think you're right. Yeah. I, and I've seen one for sale before in the area.
2: It reminded me of Genesis a lot because it had the blue little mini DMD thing. and the Oh, yeah. The system ADB
1: screens, itty bitty tiny screens, hard to read. It was one of their mistakes, I think, but yeah, uh, it wasn't good. I don't know why they when went it, so it, small, but so, uh, Jason, what do you think you buy a lot? So what do you think? Where are the best values in, in pinball at the moment anyway?
2: You know, it's funny, I, I kind of go on like waves, and for a while I was buying all Gottlieb System 3s, and then everyone was like, boo, Gottlieb suck and everything, but I had fun with them for a while. But, uh, you know, they're, they're all kind of similar. I think my favorite one of them was Teed Off. Teed Off was actually a pretty good game. You know, anytime you can get a, a, a fun DMD game for less than $2,000 today, I think you're doing all right, the way the market has gone, which is pretty crazy. So, you know, I had, uh, a uh, teed off. I have, I still have a, uh, rescue 911. That's one of the, uh, the last ones, but I kind of got away from those and I actually got into the system 11s. Uh, the system 11 games are, they're not DMD, but they're all pretty fun games. I picked up an earth shaker. Uh, I picked up, uh, well, I had the police force that I, that I sold. Uh, what else did I have? I have, uh, Oh, the Atlantis, it, the the ba- the Bally Atlantis is probably not, but it's like the it, same era. So right? To
1: speak. It's, yeah, that would be. That's earlier than System Eleven.
2: Yeah, but that's like the just that that whole era. I have a big guns, a Williams big guns. I, I think like that's that a game. System
1: game. It is. It's System Eleven.
2: I traded a Super Treks for that. Actually, that's why I got that mm, one.
1: That's not a System Eleven.
2: <laughs> no, bubble mm. hockey is not a System nope, Eleven. Game. I hate to
1: break it to you, Jason, but it's not.
2: Yeah. Now but so that's that's been where I've been at lately is the uh the System 11s. I kind of switched from the the Gottlieb System 3s to the the Williams System 11s and I I think for me now I think the sweet spot is going to be a stern pro but not new in box cuz I mean I bought my my uh, Star Trek new in box and there's no way that I'm going to get what I paid for it out of it. I did, I mean I paid like 5000 or something but it's not I don't think that anyone would pay that for it at this point. So I want to find like a a Guardians or a Deadpool or I mean, I would even do like a Game of Thrones Pro or something. Something like that in like the fours. I've seen Aerosmiths. I think Aerosmith pricing is really starting to fall. A lot of people aren't wild about it. And I've seen Aerosmiths at like forty five, forty four. Like to me, that's a no brainer. I don't I don't see how you don't get your money back out of that. If you're buying, you know, an almost new Stern for like a $1,000 less than it was, you know, right out of the box. I think any of the newer pros that you can get, if you can get them in the low fives to, you know, fours, I think that's probably a pretty sweet spot right now. That's what I'm going to be looking for next.
1: Okay. Tony, do you have any thoughts on values in this crazy, crazy priced changing ever shaping landscape of pinball?
0: The way things are going, I'm not getting a machine anytime soon. <laughs> That's for sure.
1: Well, you see, we should have had Zach on as well, so then he could have told us the pinball market trend for we where have. the values
0: are. Yeah, let me call him real
1: quick. Don't bother, because he doesn't know. <laughs> all right? I'll tell you where the value... All right, here, here's where your values are. All right. First of all, if you want to dismiss the handful of highly popular, for whatever reasons, sometimes gameplay, often just art... There are a slew of EMs that are good values. Mm. But you, in most of those cases, you need to accept that it that's probably going to be more single-player experience. There's just no carryover features of note in the EM era on multiplayer because it was too difficult to put a lot of memory in because of the need for all the relays. So that might not be a good solution for a lot of people. If they're wanting something that's multiplayer. So setting aside that, but there's still a lot out there. There are so many EMs and there are a lot of good ones that are overlooked because they didn't look that great.
2: I picked up a Gottlieb about of site, the 1974, for like 300 bucks, like nothing uh, recently. And that it's all broken now, but I have to, I have to yeah, learn how to yeah. fix. I have to figure out how to fix EMs. It just stopped working the other day.
1: Uh, and uh, if you want a DMD, as, as Jason noted, Gottlieb System 3 is where you can, if you want a value, you'll be able to probably not lose money on those acquisitions and they're not over, their price has not skyrocketed in the same way that the Bally Williams DMDs have gone up. So that remains a good option if you're, if you really want a DMD era game. But I think the sweet spot on solid state is pre system 11. System 11 used to be the go-to—I mean, still really is, but the go-to, oh, you want to start to have more complex rules and ramps and stuff, but you don't want to get in the DMD era. Problem is, all the good System 11s and even the not-so-good System 11s are getting expensive now because everyone's turning to them because everyone told everyone to go buy System 11. So, yeah. But if you want to consider System 9 and before from Williams, a lot of good games without a whole lot of dollar amount. Especially if you are more comfortable or are comfortable with accepting a more EM style, you go older, you can stay under a $1,000 on a lot of things. Um, I would also say that if you want to consider Gottlieb System 3 Alpha Numerics, those hold their value, they cost less. That's mostly street level, of course, so good luck finding them, but... Um, even some of the other things like Cactus Jacks and stuff. Fairly well-respected games. The DMD System 3 era is the one that's really hated for the rules. Yeah. It's more of a mixed I would bag get a
2: Silver Slugger for sure. You convinced mm-hmm. me to play it. I found one at a yeah. uh, pinball gallery recently, and I, I had a great time playing it. It was it's a pretty a, fun game.
1: It's a very good layout, and the rule set's decent. Not a great rule set. but It's, de- it's not lopsided in a no, horrible way.
0: I enjoy it. So, mm.
1: I mean... The the reason why tournament players always say hoops is that the hoops rule set is inoffensive. It's entirely well-balanced, but mm. I don't think the layout's as fun as Silver Slugger's layout. Yeah, I but think... It's but, a weird but, layout. Right. Between
0: your hoops and your Silver <laughs> but, Slugger, I definitely think Silver yeah, Slugger's no, the better it's game. Different,
1: it's you know, different things, but there there are some of those mid-era valleys. Those can be a good value because a lot of people hate them because they have the MDF cabinets and all of that, but there are some fun games like 8-Ball Champ and such that are in there, and Bless if you're God. willing... If you're willing to consider older titles, uh, you know, you can think about those things like, um, may, well, if you want some Gottlieb system eighties, there's some interesting ones. I haven't played a lot of them, so I can't weigh in on a lot, but there are a lot of Williams titles before they were kind of king of the heap, but Valley was starting to crash and burn. There's a lot in there that's fairly affordable from your fire powers Mm -hmm. to your fire power twos, um, even. Space Shuttle's not that bad, even. So I like Space Shuttle a lot. In terms of pricing. It's a fun game. So that's where I would say, if you want to look for a value, you kind of, at this point, if you want solid state, I feel your biggest selection is pre-System 11 and post-System
0: 3. There's some good games in there. Sort
1: of stuff. If you still want some Williams things, but that'd be my thoughts. Okay. We're at the last pinball portion. We call it 20 questions, Jason. Oh, no. That's right. (laughs) That's right. You are the victim this time.
2: Yeah, I'm free.
1: That's right. Tony gets to take I a little. Tony, I think
2: Tony's won it every time, right? If you consider like T- Tony actually has. getting it before the twenty, winning, right?
1: That is winning. That's exactly yeah. the definition of winning. There's no. There's no other definition. He.
2: That, this could be your first loser in the, uh, the 20 questions no, here.
1: The, the, the rules are exactly the same. You will get to ask me a series for the listeners who don't know of yes or no questions. You get 20 of them. Obviously, the 20th better be a game guess. <laughs> the very latest or else <laughs> you won't, you won't get it. Uh, the last five questions, you may use any lookup resource you would like. So if you want to start looking at Pinside or IPDB or whatever you want to use as a open book tool after the 15th question, that is fine. And because you are so prolific on social media, I can confirm to you, you have played this game,
2: ah, just like with right, Tony.
1: I know you've played it.
2: So, so it's not going to be some weird game nope, um, that I've never nope. heard of before? Nope. A gu- center bumper. <laughs> nope.
1: I ain't going to screw you. It's definitely something you've played. I don't know how many right. times you've played it, but it's something you've played. Uh, so, fair enough. With that set, you may ask your first question whenever you are ready, and I will keep count so you don't have to worry about doing that.
2: Okay. I think I'm just going to start off with a game and and nail it, and then uh, (laughs) I'll set the uh, unbreakable record.
1: That would be very awesome, and it would also make me very sad that you were so perfect if you did that.
2: That's what you did to me when I tried to make you guess my Atlantis. You'd already seen it. I'm like, let's play 20 Questions. you're like, is it Bally Atlantis? I was like, oh.
1: (laughs) I hadn't already seen it. I deduced that with my high-powered mind.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um. Is the game from the 1980s? Yes. Is the game from 1980 to 1985? Yes. Is the game a Williams game? Yes. Is the game a... Hmm. Let's see. How am I going to do this? You're going to have to edit out every humming and hawing here. <laughs> I don't have don't. to. Don't
1: you tell me what to do. <laughs>
2: You're like, this guy's such a moron. He's just humming and hawing the whole time. Yeah,
1: because uh, that does right. not happen when anyone else plays this game.
2: Yeah,
0: least. you've heard the podcast. We just snapped through it super fast, and there's definitely no me setting here. <laughs> we Holy invited
1: mo- you on because we thought you were smart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: Is the game System 11? No. Hmm. is the game a science fiction theme
1: yes okay. you have now asked 5 questions
2: okay so i have a 1980 to 1985 williams with a science fiction theme so i'm just bad with the years like the years are almost meaningless to me i shouldn't have even started out with that uh all right well you have plenty uh,
1: of, you have plenty of questions still to work with so i would not be nervous yet, yet.
2: yeah you know what's going to happen is it's going to come down to me looking stuff up at during the last five <laughs> that's where it's going to no, down. that's
1: that what comes down happens. to with me
2: that never happens <laughs> right. not on this show all right all right um you know i'm going to narrow down that year is it 1980 yes oh boy all right that was a money guess all right 1980 Williams. Williams Science Fiction. You know, it was probably a game that I played when I went to the pinball gallery in Malvern, because there's a lot of games there I don't typically play, and they're older, and none of them are coming to the top of my head. Um, Did I play the game at the pinball gallery in Malvern?
1: I don't know the answer to that, so you'll have to ask a different question.
2: Uh, Okay, Uh, let's see. I honestly don't know what other question I can do. <laughs> can I just fast forward to where I can look up 1980 Williams games?
1: No, but feel free to start just guessing Williams games if you have nothing else you think you can use to narrow it down. Um, you could think about features, you could think about designers or artists. Think broad.
2: That's a, uh, that's a good question. Um, it has to be a yes or no question though. Is the artist Python Angelo? No no python all right um designers so i don't even know the designers was steve ritchie at williams in 1980 you're gonna use that as one of my questions
1: i will do you want me to answer it for you (laughs) yes yes
2: he was there or he designed this game he was there oh is it now i have to use two questions on that i should have just said was it steve ritchie
1: you should have but you didn't
2: okay okay is it a Steve Ritchie game no oh that's even worse not as we as nothing <laughs> all right uh what am i up to now
1: you are, you just asked question 9
2: 9 and it you have to get to 15 in order to start looking stuff up that's not a question, by the way. I know.
1: It's, I, I, I'm not counting that one, but yes. You're, you're not, not you, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You're going to have to struggle along here for a little while longer before you can look.
2: I'm trying to think of the games that I've played, too. That's the thing. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: You have played it.
2: My wheelhouse lately has been the games that I really look for when I go out and play are the Stern Electronics games. Those have been like Sea Witch and, and all, all the uh, Stargazer and Stars and things like that. Those are really what I've been into. 1980, like of that era, that's the thing I've really been seeking out playing. I don't know the 1980 Williams games that much. I wonder what your firepower was, and that's not really a science fiction theme. Is it firepower? No. It's not. uh, That's question 10.
1: And I, by the way, I would consider firepower a science fiction theme since it's a spaceship in it.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, is it? Oh, is it a space shuttle? No. Ah, oh, that's a Williams, right? About that time?
1: It not that time. No, that's much later.
2: Is it? Oh. Uh, so I told you the years are going to be my downfall because I have no idea when anything came out. Uh, so space shuttle. So older than space shuttle. Meteor is a stern, I think. I don't think that's a Williams. Or is it? Um, uh, I'm terrible at this. Let me go down the list of games. I think all the games that that I've played at the Morristown Game Vault are too new. I don't think there's anything because I think. Oh, uh, you know what? Star Trek is Star Trek a, a ballet? uh bally? You you can just tell me. Is it Star Trek? No. Are you allowed to tell me if that's a valley. I think that's a valley, right? What is that?
1: It is a valley.
2: Yeah, I knew Since it. you
1: already guessed it, I'll let you know where it's <laughs> from. Since I doubt you'll guess Star Trek again after being told it's not Star Trek.
2: Yeah. Okay, so I'm at 12. Is that what I'm at?
1: That is, yes. That was question 12, so you're on your 13th.
2: Okay. It can't be anything there. It's not at the game vault, so I have to think of someplace else that I've played it. Um... I think future spa is a stern. I'm trying to think of what else I've played and whirlwind and earth shaker. Those are all too new. Um, science fiction theme. All right. Uh, is it aliens, like an alien theme? Yes. Okay. So it's 19. 19- oh, is it alien? Is alien poker? Uh, is alien poker a, uh, Williams game? I'm going to guess Alien Poker.
1: That is correct. It is Alien <laughs> Poker? Ah,
2: yes.
1: You got I it on got the it. 14th question.
2: Oh, what, is that a record?
0: No, Dennis did one on 12. Well,
2: that doesn't count. He's too
0: good. How about How about Tony? Yes, it's that, better. That's
1: better than all of Tony's.
0: Better than all of mine. My best is, I've, I've never been able to do it without pulling up the machine. See that my problem is is
2: like the the years. I I just have yes. no idea.
1: So Alien Poker released October of 1980. It's a Williams game. It's a System 6A. So uh Space Shuttle's a System 9 for comparison's sake. Uh, obviously, it's sort of a fantasy sci-fi theme, but it's also a cards and gambling theme. So either would have been right there. The designer yeah. is the relatively unknown Edward Tomanz- Tomanzowski, who I did not put that in the designer guy. <laughs> so.
2: Is it Edward Tomanzowski's game? Yeah, that's, that's so. right. It's
1: Edward Tomanzowski's <laughs> game. Art was done by another unknown, Tomi Ramuni.
2: I kind of like the art on that game, even it's, though the aliens on the play feel a little weird, but I like it.
1: Yeah, it was a, I'm more familiar. I've never actually played this to my knowledge. I'm more familiar with its clone, Laser Q. Oh, oh, which is the same layout, but did not, not to be have speech. Laser Wars. Right, Laser War, <laughs> which is a Data East game.
2: It has its own theme song now, which is nice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, and so yeah, so anyway, but yeah, you got through the years and stuff really quickly. So
2: yeah, I, mean, I, I nailed was, the year right on, and then I, it didn't do me any good. <laughs> I was like, wait, I got the year, but I don't know anything about years. I was like, hmm, this is not helping me.
1: And uh, Future Spa was not a Stern; that's a Bally. And uh Meteor is a stern. So
2: Okay. Yeah, I knew I, I had a feeling Meteor was like one of those older stern electronics, but I wasn't sure about future spa. I'm just trying I was trying to run down games that I had played, thank God, because that narrowed it down a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I don't know where you played it. I pulled it out of Pendigo.
2: It uh, was. So- it was at uh Malvern at, uh, the pinball gallery they had up okay. there. My son had like four lacrosse tournaments there this summer. So I could have bought a month, I could have bought a month long pass. It's like 4 hours from my house and still made out.
1: <laughs> All right. So 14th guest and you got it with Alien Poker. So that'll go in the spreadsheet. Good job, Jason.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: All right. We are done with the pinball segment. We are ready for the video game segment. Yay. And the first thing, some of these are somewhat pinball related, at least if you are a fan of virtual pinball. So we're going to start with the big item. And that is Zen Studios, the makers of Pinball FX3, have secured the rights to do digital Bally Williams titles that was Huge. formerly held, yes, by Farsight Studios, which makes the Pinball Arcade and the Stern Pinball Arcade. So, Jason, fresh off of your Alien Poker victory, what are your thoughts that Zen, uh, Zen now has this? I'm assuming you have at least some passing familiarity with digital pinball.
2: Oh sure, no. I'm a big fan of of Zen and Farsight, and I I kind of had a feeling this was coming because it was in. Uh, they mentioned it in, in uh, this week in Pinball a while ago, but uh, the the guy from VP Cabs, Brad, was was on my uh, on, on Nap Arcade, and we were discussing uh, the fact that Farsight had lost the license and who was going to get it. And I was like, I hope that that Scientific Games doesn't just sit on it. And and he chimed in and said, "Oh, there is a plan." So as soon as he said, "Oh, there is a plan," I was like, "Dude, I was like, VP Cabs is really heavily involved with Zen." I was thinking to myself, "It has to be Zen." Wow. So I, I kind of saw this coming.
1: You basically broke the story then with that query. I remember seeing that online.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but it was it was a uh, it was something that I kind of had expected. I'm 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 actually really happy that it, it is. I mean, Zen is really the only company I think that has. The resources to dedicate because there's a, there's a couple of other companies that do, uh, digital pinball. I guess the Zachariah, what's the name of that company that does the Zachariah one? That's, um, I'm
1: that's, not sure what they're, I mean, I always just think of Zachariah Pinball. I don't think of the, the corporate name.
2: Yeah, I forget, but th- there's them and there's a couple others. But really, I mean, Zen is, is the big kahuna of, of digital pinball, I think, at this point. And I've never been wild about, their original theme tables like i like them and they're fun but i just like the the digital recreations of real tables so much more the physics on their their tables were a little floaty or weird or something for all the original tables that they had done and and one of the good things about this is is uh zen developed a whole new uh physics engine for all of the williams tables and they're also soliciting a ton of user feedback there's a a beta for the uh zen williams tables on steam right now and i don't have a, a steam pc set up although i'm looking into doing it just to play with it so i haven't played them yet but i was watching someone stream them last night and the graphics look amazing This someone was playing stri- fishtails is the one that they have out right now where you can actually play full games and uh beta test it and they seem very receptive to feedback i mean much more so farsight was kind of a I don't know if I call them like a a black box or a closed, but they they see the Zen seems much more open to feedback, which I think is a fantastic thing. Because I think, you know, getting feedback from people about like like people were saying the nudging was too strong. So they're easing back on that. People were commenting on the lighting certain ways. I think they're really going to nail it. I think they're going to do a good job with it for sure.
1: Okay. Tony, what are are your thoughts? Because I know you're familiar with uh, both products.
0: I am. Um, I have got a lot of hope. Uh, I have most of the tables already in the pinball arcade, but if they can get the physics engine right and everything else set just right, I'll be real happy for this because I have been playing a fair amount of Zen Pinball on my Nintendo Switch ever since I got my Switch. Hmm. Uh, I've played it on other. How, how is it on the Switch? Is it good? It's good. It's, it's, I may it's, have
2: to steal my son's switch and, and lower it on.
0: There. Yeah, it, it, it's good. It, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's nice because the switch is very easy to flip so you can play it the correct way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like I've talked about on the show before and with, and Dennis has seen it before. I've got a, uh, a little holder arm, a little RAM mount to hold like a cell phone that will hold my switch uh I used it when we drove to Texas so I could uh could hook the switch up so it was stuck to the windshield of the truck we were driving in and I was able to play my switch with it sitting up there in my pro controller and I've used that While at you were home driving? No, I was in the passenger yes, seat. Yes, it was dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of
2: navigation.
0: Yeah. It's I-35. It's a straight shot down I-35. If we get lost <laughs> driving on I-35, that that that, that that's an issue. Because there's no turns until we get to uh, Dallas. So so that's not a big deal. Uh, but I've got, I've taken, I've actually taken it and it'll stick to my, uh, uh, to my desk and I've stuck it to my desk so I could spin the screen to be vertical and sit there with my pro controller and play. And yeah, it, it's pretty enjoyable.
1: And mm. uh, overall, yeah, I think this is a, I think this is a good sign. The, when it came to the physics, I, I'm like Jason, I, There's something about the Zen physics. I was okay with it with playing their fantasy tables, but the I liked the physics for how the ball felt in Pinball Arcade better. My problem was I don't like how Farsight runs their company. So Mm -hmm. in the sense that they were terrible about getting their table packs out on the various consoles. I mostly play them on PC, which allowed me to avoid that problem. But I have friends who were trying to experience them through things like the PS4 or the Xbox One. And talking about how the, the packs were causing issues. It
2: There's was an a lot issue. of bugs. Yeah. A lot of bugs.
1: And every time they released a new table, like when they released Bonsai Run, they go back and they break other tables because of, they're just, they didn't program it well. No. It, was, it was just like amateur hour in terms of they needed a whole, do a whole new engine. Meanwhile, Zen Studios moves from Pinball FX to Pinball FX2 to the very robust menu system choice option customization of pinball fx3 mm-hmm. they've just shown constant improvement in their product
2: it's the that, tournament system is way better for Zen it too, oh yeah oh, the, I
1: hated the tournament system in farsight terrible tournament system uh, zins is a lot of fun it's easy to set up it's easy to participate it's easy it to puts know. little
2: alerts on the top of the screen yeah. you beat your friend at this you just set the high score of the week like just all kinds of stuff that's just fun like i'll be like hey i want to do this to try to beat everyone this week or something just if i'm sitting around screwing around Mm -hmm. one thing i'm a little disappointed about though was i play farsight the the pinball arcade on my ipad and that's not coming out initially for zen so that was a little bit because i you know like if i'm just hanging out with my family and my wife is watching something on tv or the kids are doing something i'm just sitting there i'll just pull out my ipad and play a couple of games on uh the pinball arcade on my ipad but if i have to go and sit in front of a whole steam computer or go downstairs and sit in front of the playstation or xbox it's just not as social i guess you know so i I don't really want to enclose myself and, and hide while i'm playing i want to just be able to kind of sit down and hit it whenever that's why i think maybe the switch might be the answer for that and borrowing the switch it, it
1: could be short term they have yeah. indicated they are planning to address the mobile situation though eventually yeah, I hope it, so yeah and I, I don't think it'll i don't think it'll be a year out or anything this isn't farsight after all oh my gosh
2: do <laughs> you know how long they've not to spoil the next one but the two tables that came out that for stern they've been talking about that for like years now yeah, seems like
1: I don't know what's going on with stern pinball arcade so let's pivot to that though we're still actually talking about pinball arcade in general, but farsight did add two new tables. Uh, very recently, Big Buck Hunter Pro is now in, and Wo Nelly, Big Juicy Melons is now in. Both are games I've not actually played physically or digitally, and I still haven't. I haven't played these two. I haven't tried them out yet. Have you tried them, Jason?
2: I bought them last night, actually. and uh, You have to update the app on the uh, Apple Store in order to get them, and I kept looking, and it wasn't available. And then probably like ten, eleven o'clock last night, it did let me update it and I was able to download them And that they're not cheap. First of all, I mean, to buy one, I think it was nine, ninety nine or something. Holy cow. And to, to buy both was 1499. I'm pretty sure. Wow. That's a lot for, for two tables. I mean, that, I, to me, I think and it seems it's not like, like they're magical tables.
1: Well, maybe that's what you got to charge now that you don't have Bally Williams tables to sell anymore. Yeah,
2: maybe. I mean, who knows what their agreement with Stern is like either. I don't know, you know, how much that they get and, and what have you, but, you know so I did the I did the 1499 and bought both and I only had a a little bit of time to play them but I mean they seem cool. I mean they seem like other pinball arcade tables and I own every single one. I literally own 100 I think. So I mean I've obviously spent a lot of time uh just screwing around with it. So you know I I liked it. I'm going to enjoy playing them for sure. I think for me more pinball is good pinball. It's tough for me to say I hate anything that's related to it, unless it's really screwed up. So I'm going to enjoy playing Big Buck Hunter and Will Nelly. And then also, as an added bonus, I'll learn the rules to Big Buck Hunter while I'm just hanging out on my sofa with everybody or whatever. So if I ever do come across it in a in the arcade or in a tournament or something like that, at least I have a vague idea of how to play it. I think that's one of the best parts of playing digital pinball for real tables is that, you know, I've played it for a number of games that I've come across in tournaments. And even though the physics aren't exactly the same, at least I know what to shoot at. You know, I think that's a big plus.
1: Yeah. I think that's one of the strongest selling points for digital pinball. Not to mention that it introduces people who might not have experienced pinball in the physical format. You approach it from a video game genre. And then when you learn that it's a real life thing, I think you there's there's a crossover there. There's a way to expand that market. Uh, at least that's what I always hope to see out of it, because I think the gamer demographics is a natural demographic to grow pinball with. They just have to be aware mm. of it and then have to actually have locations to go and experience it. Uh, trying to turn them into collectors is a different story and would not be a goal, in my view. It's too expensive.
2: But... Too heavy.
1: Oh, yeah. Too <laughs> <Do I do>? heavy. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we have one final video game topic, and it doesn't have to do with digital pinball. Uh Jason, you shared with me yesterday a link to a review on the Neo Geo Mini, and I thought it might be a good time to maybe talk about that. And some of this, there's a wave, it feels like a wave now of these retro consoles, be they you know, little versions of actual arcade consoles or little versions of little consoles we used to play as kids, like the NES Mini and the Super NES Mini. So uh, why don't you lead us off again and and just give your thoughts on well either the Neo Geo Mini or just what we're seeing now with this nostalgia in a small box.
2: You know, it, it's funny. Every time I see one of these things, I'm like, "Oh, I need that," and I get it, and then I don't ever use it. <laughs> it's like a it's it's been like that for the. Uh, the I bought I I looked everywhere for the classic Mini. Remember how scared the Nintendo how scarce that oh, was? Oh yeah,
0: they were hard to find.
2: Oh my gosh, I looked everywhere for it. I refuse to pay the scalper prices, though, because I can't stand it when people just gobble stuff up. Like It goes back to my flipper comments on Craigslist. You know, so I'm like, I'm not paying the scalper. I'll find it. And I actually found it on the uh, now-defunct Toys R Us store.
0: This is going to be a rough year with Toys R Us gone.
2: I was actually just talking Christmas to my time. dad. Yeah, I was talking to my dad this afternoon. He said... Walmart increased their orders of, of toys, and maybe that includes video games, by 30% this year to kind of make up for the missing uh, Toys R Us sales, or capitalize on it, I suppose. I've
0: heard that as well. Yeah.
2: So, you know, I, every time I see one of these things, I'm like, I need it, I need it. And then I end up, I've gotten to the point where I've gone cold turkey. I can't do it anymore. So I'm looking at this Neo Geo thing. I'm like, it looks awesome, but I know I'll buy it and then I won't play it. I'll just end up playing pinball or working on the machines or, you know, I'm I'm actually fairly busy too with all the kids stuff and everything else. So it's not like I have thousands of hours where I'm sitting around like, gee, what am I going to (laughs) do? And so, you know, I think the mini consoles are awesome. I think it's smart of all the companies that own the rights to try to, Uh, capitalize and monetize all these rights for old games that they had rather than just letting everyone snag them and maim uh, and you know play them for free i think if you own the rights why wouldn't you want to try to sell it i think the the little mini neo geo thing looks pretty cool i mean the, the guy who was who wrote the negative review about it was a little nitpicky i mean he was talking about it looks washed out if you put it up on your big tv screen and he said that you it's tough to find the cords that you need and stuff like that. But just for an item, a small handheld player, to be able to play the Neo Geo games, which were originally, you know, hundreds of dollars. That was like the, the super exclusive console.
0: And yeah, there's some I never fun ones. One. I didn't even know anybody who had one.
2: Art of Fighting is a good one. I don't know if you know... Uh, uh, King of Fighters, that's what. King of Fighters. That's the
1: franchise that came from it that I, I have some familiarity with because the franchise continues to live on from SNK. Yeah, I,
2: I have King of Fighters 20. I think it's 20 now, which is hard to believe. It's wow. on a uh, PlayStation, and it it has like 50 different people you can be. It's a it's a pretty deep roster of characters. It's pretty cool. I don't really play it anymore because my son just plays Fortnite on the <laughs> same TV 24 <laughs> hours a day. Uh... So. <laughs>
0: Fortnite. <laughs> but so
2: that the, the PlayStation hasn't been turned on in probably a year because Fortnite on the Xbox with his friends is what dominates. <laughs> but uh, I can't play that either, by the way. I'm no good.
0: My daughter tried Fortnite and she's like, "This is stupid." And then she went back to Splatoon. Too. Splatoon. Yeah, that's all she plays. Uh, Splatoon.
2: For. We used to play that. I had the Wii U. I had the Wii U set up, and we would, but we would play a lot of that. Yeah, my, my son went from Splatoon to Overwatch to Fortnite, and it hasn't gone back. You know?
1: <laughs> Fortnite's the new hotness. We'll see how I long it I tried to make
2: him not use something that was like shooting people with guns. And that's why I, I thought uh, Overwatch would be kind of a nice intermediate, because it's kind of not realistic. So I was like, oh, they're just like monsters, and they're playing around. I was like, that's not too bad. And then all his friends play Fortnite. I'm like, uh, his my my wife, of all people, it was like, go ahead, get it. And I was like, all right. So <laughs> if she, if, you, I'm, if she's going to say yes, I'm not going to say no. Well going to make me look bad. <laughs> well, so, uh, yeah, but that was a digression. I guess getting back to the consoles, I think they're awesome. But I had to cut myself off cold turkey. Because I know if I buy the like the Super Nintendo Mini, is in supply now. It's available on Amazon and stuff. And if I buy it, I'll be like, yes, I'll play it the first day. And then it will just sit there. Because I know... I'll just get involved in other stuff.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I received a NES classic as a gift. It's sitting on my shelf. I don't even play it monthly. So, and I have a retro pie. And I, so I'm not surprised mm. that we're seeing this because the, the power needed to drive all this stuff is really easy and cheap to have now. And I think yeah. it's smart for the companies to do it. I don't do a lot of nostalgia purchases personally. And so mm. I'm not. You know, while I I like the Super NES Classic as an idea, it's got games that are better than what the NES Classic has right. in my view. Uh, still, it's just sort of like, yeah, I, I just I know I won't play it enough. I got a whole backlog of video games that I was trying to work a little bit on today. In fact, and it's like I got so much stuff with all these game deals, Gold Pass free games and stuff. It's like I just don't go back to the old stuff enough to really warrant spending the money.
2: And that's been you can my also buy well. a lot of these games that are in these on modern consoles i mean you could for instance like street fighter 2 is on the super nes classic you can buy the street fighter 25th anniversary edition or whatever it is on i think it's playstation or xbox or both and it's got every street fighter ever not just the one you mm-hmm. know for like what uh, what would it cost 20 bucks or something like that Oh yeah you know so, yeah i mean you could also buy uh the Neo Geo stuff is out there too, is, is resold retro, uh, things. And Bandai Namco is doing a whole bunch of stuff with that. So most of the current generation consoles, PS4 or Xbox, you can buy a lot of the retro games on anyways. You wouldn't even really need the extra, you know, mini hardware or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. I got, I got the Mega Man Legacy Pack, which is like the first like mm. seven Mega Man games oh, for like, one. like, like 10 bucks on a Steam sale. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah,
1: well, and uh, it's smart for them to, I mean, if some people want to get like the little consoles because they like to remember the look and hook them up in a game room and other people just want to play the games on a modern set of equipment so they don't have to keep plugging in new HDMI cables, it makes sense for them to just sort of shotgun that.
0: No, I think the nostalgia play is a solid play. There it is. I I think that's part of the reason it sells so well. And we've seen a lot of this lately. That nostalgia for the, for stuff from the eighties and nineties has sold really well. And it's, it's done really well. And from a company business perspective, I think it's a great idea. And if it's your something that you'll actually use a lot, but I'm, I'm in the same boat. You are Dennis. I don't really use it. I mean, I don't. I I was going to buy one. I was all over a NES, and then I wanted this the 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 Super NES. But the more I thought about it, I mean, I had both of them in my hand at one point at the store, and I'm just like, I don't play everything I have now. I'm not gonna play this. I mean, I've got a Nintendo Switch now, and I still I think between me and my wife put together, we play it. An okay amount, enough that I don't feel bad, because my wife started playing, like, Stardew Valley and stuff on it. But, I mean, I don't play it a whole lot, but I don't play a lot of games a whole lot. I, I don't play games, period, at all like I used to. I mean, even video games I don't play as much as I used to.
1: You just game in on ten minutes a week.
0: Yeah. There's a mm. for you, Don and Nick. You can thank me later with money. <laughs> Cha-ching. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, Pinball ball. is has has just consumed so much more of my time too. I think it, it. I just I don't play the video games quite as much as I used to.
0: Yeah, now now I did. Uh, uh, this is totally not in the list. So 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 we're flying completely on the cup, going off list off, off the cuff <laughs> going, we're, right. we're, going off the rails. We're off the rails completely. But earlier, you, uh, when you were talking about your three new purchases, did did I hear you mention a cruising world?
2: I did like yes, a full up sit world.
0: down cruising world. Not okay. the sit down, though, okay?
2: Because I have a pretty finite amount of space, so the sit down ones. First of all, moving them around, they're pretty darn big. Well, even that was they one of the apart. things I
0: was wondering about because I've never seen a cruising world setup that was less than like three machines put together.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I have a stand up cruising world, but it's a legit. It's not a conversion or anything. It's with the full side art with like the rhino and. I don't know, whatever else it is, the desert and stuff like that. And then it's got a shifter up top on the, you know, right next to the right of the steering wheel. And then to the left of the steering wheel, it's all the three buttons for the different views. And it's got a gas pedal right at the bottom. So, yeah, I, I picked that up. I had a cruise in USA I picked up from uh, a bowling alley in Bear Mountain uh, a couple of years ago. This was heart surgery so I was actually able to lift things then and I, I I rented a giant u-haul way too big and drove it around twisty mountain roads <laughs> <It> seemed like <laughs> a very bad it ended up being a very bad idea but it makes a good story now and I picked up the cruise in USA and it was like all, it's black like it was a conversion of something else but I got it for like 200 bucks and I'm like you know I really like this so when the world popped up it had beautiful side art it was like the original one and it was like 350. I was like, you know what? I'll just pick up this Cruising World, and I can get rid of the USA if I want to, because this one looks so much nicer. Yeah. I can put it in the main arcade or, or whatever, and I have it right next to a Hydro Thunder right now. So, it's another stand-up is classic uh, '90s driver Notes. is a yeah, Hydro yeah. Thunder. That was a good. I, I
0: played a lot of that game. Now, I was
2: telling my wife I need an Arctic Thunder now, and I the only ones I've seen have the full snowmobile that you have <laughs> to sit on to play. <laughs>
0: Because that that's the one me, where it they, like rocks side to side, like some of the motorcycle games, isn't it?
2: Oh uh, no, I don't. I think it has a fan that blows in your face. Okay, but I, like like a whirlwind. But I don't think it moves. I'm not positive. Because
0: I know I played I one know. of those motorcycle games at one time where you actually leaned the motorcycle when you did your they turns have, and stuff.
2: They have a hang on version like that, like the old 80s. Remember yeah. super hang on, super hang ons like that. Super hang ons are always really cheap too. Huh. Super Hang-ons and Afterburners are always super cheap, and I'm like, "Why are these so cheap? These are good games."
0: Well, Afterburner just gets old after a while. It uh, does. That, yeah. that, I mean, that, that, I mean, I've played so much Afterburner. Now, I, I do recall reading at one time that the that, that with the the uh, loss of manufacturing and CRT monitors, the arcades are ha- are the old arcade machines are having problems because they don't convert to LCD very well. And since people it's-
2: do everything they can in their powers to make them survive. The-, yeah. the CRTs. There are some people who are way better than I at capping monitors and putting new flybacks in and all this stuff. I'm kind of like, huh? And if, I, if I, <laughs> I, that's the one good thing about, like, how it goes back to knowing people. I know people who can help me out with the monitors because monitor is not my specialty by any stretch of the imagination.
0: Yeah. Now, and kind of like we hit in our pinball section just out of curiosity, do you have a specific arcade that would be like a grail cabinet for you?
2: Hmm, that's an interesting one. You know what I picked up, I was looking for for years, and it's not a classic arcade, but it was, it's called World Series of Poker Heads Up Challenge. And that actually ties into our shipping game because I had that shipped from somewhere near where you guys are, I think. It was somewhere in the middle of the United States. And basically what it is, is it's a table. It's like a, a cocktail table. You would sit that like the old school cocktail games, but mm-hmm. it's high. It's like bar top height. So like you would be sitting at a bar top table and in the middle is a, a, a huge, you know, L- LCD screen. And you play poker, Texas hold 'em heads up versus one other person, and it deals the cards out into the middle and then each person on their side has a tiny little l c d monitor that only turns on if you put your hand in front of it like there's a button you put your hand down so you can see your cards in the hole but your other person can't see and you play essentially it has a roller ball on each side and you roll up your bets and you play uh heads up poker versus people, and you can do tournaments with up to like twelve or some some people and it creates the bracket for you, so you play heads up against various people. And it has like a, a bocce game on the side because you can use the balls like as like an <laughs> this game, as a bocce game. So I was looking for this thing forever, and I found one in an auction down by Philadelphia, and I got it like super cheap. I drove all the way down to Philadelphia. It didn't work. That's like a wow. three hour drive for me. So I was like, what? So I was like, fine. I came home. I'm like, look, I'm not taking it because I don't know how to get the software for this thing if the software is corrupt. Because the company PokerTech that makes them is not in business anymore. So I was like, it would be just a, a nightmare. So I ended up finding this one uh, from someone on Facebook selling it for what I thought was way too cheap in the Midwest. I had it shipped here. I think I got it for like 750 And I see them on eBay for like 2000 all the time. So I was like, all right, this is a good price. I get it home. I have it for an hour.
0: Boom. Oh. Uh,
2: It was done. I was like, what? I did everything. I'm a big fan of throwing new parts at things. (laughs) So I just like, I'm like, I'm not trying to fix this. I'm just going to throw parts at this. So I researched, I found out what happened to Poker Tech. Someone bought them out. Then another company bought them out. Then some company in Canada like owns the rights to resell parts. So I found this company, I think their website's Palladium in Canada. I had them ship me a new power supply. Power supply didn't do it. So I had them ship me a new video card, plugged it in, boom. It's worked perfect ever since. I was like, thank God. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> that sounds so really like it, a really cool yeah. table, though. It's it's really fun. And you know who's good is my fourth grader kicks my butt at it. I <laughs> and I used to play poker in tournaments and stuff like that. And he's just a little prodigy or something. He's good at math and he just... He's awesome. It, it, not that I'm teaching fourth graders to gamble, but... <laughs> Got to
1: teach them to count cards. Yeah. Head to Atlantic City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, I see a retirement plan on the horizon.
2: <laughs> so that that was kind of a Grail game for me back in terms of video games. I was looking for one of those for a while. It's just one of those things where you get it stuck in your head that you want something. Yeah, and you just
0: always look for it. You know. That's like the the arcade game I remember, and I, I I've looked at them in the past, and I'd never actually get one. Is but the old Star Wars vector cabinets. Cause that was the oh, one that was great. I, the, that was the one I always played at the local arcade that I used to go to when I was a kid was I'd, I'd, I'd play like that. And then like, like my, like, you know, like 1943 and some of those other ones, but I always went back to that Star Wars Vector cabinet. I played one, one I,
2: last weekend with my son actually in between games at a, a pinball tournament.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they, they were great fun. We play, I played one at, uh, we went to the video game museum two years ago there in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we went down there for TPF and they had one. Is and that it, the one
2: where they were giving like the discounted tickets yep, or yep. tickets? Or, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. It was enjoyable. They have a nice little arcade, but they had a, a, an arcade machine that I can honestly say I never played that arcade game, the arcade, the actual stand up cab version of, um, Burger Time. But oh, i, I, I put love Burger millions Time. millions of hours of Burger Time uh, back on my old Intellivision. Uh, back when I was a kid, and it's literally the only video game both of my parents are like, yeah, that's that's a great video game. Both of my parents love <laughs> that game. If your parents
2: like it, you know that it's yeah. I remember yeah. playing Burger Time at Showbiz Pizza Place back in the day. It was like the copy of Chuck E. Cheese. It had like yeah. a different animatronic fuzzy band and stuff <laughs> like that. It was at a birthday party. I remember playing it. I must have been younger than my kids are now.
0: Yeah, that, Burger that,
2: Time is a really good one. I,
0: I love that. Now, that that's probably the only arcade machine that if I ever came across one, I'd be happy for. But at the same time, I just need to get Burger Time on something playable. Because that game's just... That cabinet is
2: cool, too, though. You know, yeah. it's like shaped like the chef. That's a really neat one.
0: Yeah. And it, 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 the, the art on it's cool and everything it's about beautiful. that. It's like It's like, that's awesome.
1: Well, Jason, we've reached the end of our show. We want to extend Man, our it, thanks for you taking the time out of your day to come on with us
2: yes well thanks for having me guys i had a a really good time
1: and listeners if you want to check out nap arcade on facebook we have a link in the show notes so you can easily access it and follow along on jason's adventures and Mm -hmm. if you want to follow along with our adventures we're available at facebook.com slash eclectic gamers podcast
0: we're on discord and on Discord. Which <laughs> it's at, too long to say the Discord, yeah, it, so we can't say that. There's a link. But Go to
1: EclecticGamers.com if you want to find the Discord link.
0: And we were also on Twitter and Instagram as Eclectic underscore Gamers.
1: And we will be back in two weeks. See ya.
0: Bye.